Hello, and welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Al Manorino. With me, as always, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Bill Bodkin. Bill, what is going on? What are you drinking? Oh, you know, just making my fake White Claw. Got my little bottle of Tito's over here with a Canada Dry Mandarin Orange. It's cool and refreshing. Once we get to the autumnal weather of New Jersey, I'll be switching back to Jameson. Um, Doing okay pandemic we're winding into school years and fall it's it's all nuts we're still in 94 degree weather yet i'm seeing halloween stuff i am i'm ready for it i'm ready for cooler yeah. weather as I'm, I'm i was gonna say i'm starting to see like the fall beers like as early as like a few weeks ago which made yeah. me like, real really depressed but i like fall it's my favorite season we get good movies we get good food my favorite holidays and speaking of heat waves and movies and Terrible transitions into things. Yeah. We have a, a very special guest on the podcast this week uh, for episode 23. That's right. We're two episodes away from our watch along of Point Pleasant, the short lived Fox sci fi drama. Uh, one of the dumbest ideas I've ever had. The one that, no, that's trust ever me, you've recorded. had so dumb. You've had way dumber ideas. And, I know. And this is wonderful. Um, I'm excited. And I mentioned Heat Waves because he's coming to us from the from the West Coast. He's the, he is the original California kid of the site, the illustrious former and first film editor on the site, one of the first editors um, that Poprick ever had, someone I've still never met in real life despite having countless hours of conversations with, making his podcast return since talking begrudgingly about Avengers in 2018 – Mr. Dan Cohen, what's going on, buddy? Well, 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 if it isn't my old podcasting buddies, Bill Bodkin, now Manorino, you guys did it. You briefly dragged me out of retirement to talk about one of my favorite topics, Batman, among other things. But uh, glad to be here. I'm ready to dive in. Well, Dan, we have to. We at first have to ask how you're doing, because if you listen to the first episode of this podcast, our first seriously what the fuck was, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. And um, we got to check in with you. I'm a little insulted I was not brought in for that conversation. We literally didn't know if we were going to get past episode one on this podcast. So, you know, that was the test That was the test episode, the pilot, the premiere, this out-of-town preview. But how are you holding up? He's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer along with former WWE 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski uh, oh, back in tow. Yeah. Uh, listen, if, I, I just have one thing. Look, it was It was tough. It was tough. I remember where I was when I heard the news. Um, I was actually I was driving my car and I I put on the radio and I kind of I jumped in like mid sentence. Um, I forget what I was listening to, but they were like, oh, "Well, this is football news to end all football news." Is basically what they were saying. I'm like, "Yep, he he's not a patriot anymore." Pulled over to the side of the road and I just I sat in my car, reflected. It is what it is. And it's just yep, no longer a patriot. And look, I have no Tom. If you're listening to this podcast, thank thanks for the memories. That's all I have to say. No, no ill will um, towards anybody. Uh, thanks for the memories. He brought me much, much joy. So, uh, Tom Brady, you're the man. Uh, much joy, except when he played the Giants in the Super Bowl. Okay, we're moving right along. Come on, which we time? Gotta, we, which time? Uh, two, two the, t- the first. The, two, the first. Two, two, the two first. Times? Two yeah, the, the first loss was obviously the more crushing because that ended the undefeated seat. That is, mm, that's so. True. I, I thought we were supposed to talk about things that I liked. I, I we're doing like a DC podcast. Oh, surprise! We we're not going to be talking DC. We're yeah, talking well, nothing but Marvel. 
Wow. Hey, we're talking Giants. Uh, what else don't you like? We're going to talk. We had to get on all the old jokes before we get into one of the main reasons we're, uh, we're brought you on to the podcast. So, Al, this is your baby, man. Take us away. Yeah, so uh, seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? This week, seriously, what the fuck is the DC fandom. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. Um, but only few, vaguely. Few, Vaguely, yeah. A few podcasts ago, we we spoke with Cat and Cole, um, our our resident monthly retainer podcast guests. Yeah. We uh, we we spoke about Comic Con at home, San Diego Comic Con's uh, answer to COVID nineteen, and trying to stay connected with the the fans that you know the hundreds of thousands of people that couldn't attend in person at the San Diego Convention Center. Uh, you know, give them some like the, the Comic Con experience while they're sitting at home. And we talked about how lackluster it was in spoiler alert. Every sucked. Every sense of the word. I mean, between you know just forgettable panels to no news and no exclusives and th- things like that, it just wasn't what people were expecting. And then uh, New York Comic Con, they finally canceled their in-person event and they announced uh, the Metaverse, which came and went. And don't think anything happened with that. Did that, that um, happen already? Oh, yeah. So they're still doing a, a virtual New York, but the, oh. they had like a, I guess, almost like a trial run with Metaverse, and I didn't see anything come from that at all. Didn't even hear it. Um, so, you know, Comic Cons, uh, you know, these virtual cons, uh, Dr- Dragon Con is also going virtual this year. We, we're, we'll see a version of Dragon Con online. They're not uh, kind of living up to what people had thought they could be. And then DC announced, you know, we're going to basically do what Disney does, you know, every few years, which is the D23. And we're going to just spend a whole day online showing you cool shit that DC has to offer. You know who's really great at this? Nintendo. Nintendo does the the Nintendo Directs. Yeah, Star Wars Celebration, same thing. Uh, But Nintendo does, like, basically an online event like this where they're like, all right, well, here's everything new coming to Switch, and here's the next console we're going to show. And they do it, like, pretty frequently, too, you know, every six months or so. So DC decided to do the Fandome and, uh, you know, a crazy amount of talent involved, which, uh, you know, they brought... Uh, big movies, big upcoming movies, uh, and they brought the big guns. I mean, they, Ben Affleck was there. Huge guns, huge guns, and and you know, the the great thing is they tried to do something different, right? They they said, all right, instead of giving you like here's a you know Batman the animated series anniversary panel, we're gonna have the entire cast of the Suicide Squad come out um, over Zoom, and you know have like a full panel like you would have seen at a Comic-Con. And, you know, I really want to start off the, 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 what the fuck this week about fandom. And we'll, we'll start with the experience before we get into any of the trailers. You know, anyone who's listening to this podcast has probably seen the Batman trailer a thousand times. Doesn't Easily. necessarily, more or less. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to hear our take on it, but I'd but like to will. give our take, but they were they're definitely gonna, yeah. I'd like to give our take on just, what is this DC fandom thing, and can, is it good enough for other people to emulate? What would you have liked to see differently, or what would you like to see added onto the experience? They've already announced that they're doing another one September 12th, Yes, I believe. So 
We'll start with Dan. Dan is uh, our used to be our resident DC uh, aficionado or expert, if you will. Um, Dan, I'm sure you were excited. I'm sure you were someone who tuned into Fandom. How was it as you know, just the average uh, person watching along with everyone else? Yeah, I mean, I tuned in and, you know, did I see everything? No, um, I cut the major stuff. But, you know, I kind of always like I, I had a lot of it on in the kind of in the background, too. Um, and just kind of like experiencing the whole event. I thought they did a very good job with it. Like it, it was really like I felt um, like a good eclectic mix of panels. Um, and I thought the whole thing looked smooth. It ran smoothly. I mean, look, for me, like all this background stuff and all the behind, like, it's all nice, but I mean, I, come on, I care about the meat and potatoes. Give me the trailers. Give me what, what are these movies going to be? So that's stuff I'm excited to talk about. Um, but having said that, I thought it was a very good experience and a great way to introduce all this content. I mean, I'm really curious to see, I mean, this is like a total big picture question, but I'm really curious to see if even when we get back to, you know, I know this is a phrase that's been used a million times with some sense of normalcy when we get back to the comic cons and all that stuff. Like even so, like could these type of events, like are, is it going to put an end to like hall H? I mean, that's an Al, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on that, but that's, that's what I kept thinking about when I watch this. It's like, do we really need, you know, the hall H and I've never been to comic con to be fair. Uh, but it's like, it seems to me like let's just do it virtually. You know, it's people seem to enjoy it. Like what the hell? Uh, so, but event was good, but, you know, like I said, I'm excited to just get to the meat and potatoes here. And Bill, as someone who doesn't attend Comic-Con like, like Dan on, you know, a yearly basis, like I do, um, how was it to kind of get the experience, like the Hall H experience that you've never actually kind of experienced like that, you know, that first and foremost, like, Oh, I'm going to get to see you know, all these celebrities discuss this new movie that we know nothing about. Well, I, I've lived San Diego and New York uh, vicariously through you guys throughout the years mm-hmm. of, you know, the the pictures, which are great. I, I'll never forget the time I got a text message from our former TV editor, Luke Calamar, saying George Clooney just showed up at the Tomorrowland panel. And... The, you know, you hear the rumors like one year was like Mark Hamill's walking around or Bill Murray's walking around. Like you hear all these things. It's like for me, I'm always like they always sound cool cons, but I'm just like I would go like once for a day and leave because it's just like it's a lot and it's not my, my cup of tea at all times. But I was super impressed with this, the fandom, because I mean, I have I still kind of have this, you know, preconception about DC is that they're just going to fuck it up. Because, like, how many times have we seen DC drop the ball on certain projects? And, but this was, I thought from start to finish, like, I watched so many different panels because I had, like, Dan, I had a background. I watched Chris Daughtry do a live performance and then talk about the art of he does with Batman. And I was, like, super intrigued. Uh, Patty Jenkins uh, interviewed Venus Williams and talking about a, com- a character she's helped create. And I was like, this is all, like, super fascinating stuff that, I feel like with a con, it's just like if you're, you know, it's like a music festival. You're trying to schedule everything. You're like, oh, well, I'll sacrifice this, even though it sounds interesting to go see something else. This was presented in such a nice schedule that you could just tune in. And then the encore presentations, in case you missed it, I thought I I loved this. I thought it was so fun and engaging. And I thought like some of the panels, like I watched the full Suicide Squad panel. I thought that the way they, they did it was so fun. And just so like I don't, 
I wasn't expecting how much fun this cast was going to have with each other. And I guess that's given mm-hmm. the nature of uh, Suicide Squad. I also saw the Matt Reeves and Aisha Taylor interview, or, or at least I was listening to some of it. Like, the way they presented it, everything just went super smooth. Nothing was, like, trying too hard. And it felt like this great event. Like if you, And this is the first time, as for me, for DC as a whole, I'm just like, wow, I'm very excited to see what DC has going on in the future because mm-hmm. there's so much good stuff that's that's being talked about and i know they're coming back in a month but i had the same question dan did i was like man like this i mean unless the numbers are terrible which i don't know if we that have been released yet mm. um you know what does this say for future cons i mean because we were almost getting to a point where we were kind of con saturated and i know a lot of the appeals are meeting celebrities and getting autographs as well mm-hmm. as, but like New York and San Diego are the big news um, droppers. I'll just say the news, you know, the big for the news cycle. But yeah, it, it puts into question a lot of what you could do. Like I could see Marvel doing this, no doubt, um, because like they could have a similar. Hey, here's the comics, and here's you know, here's the next, here's phase, whatever they're in, you know, and just show. And I'm saying whatever they're in because they could do this any year, and they'll be in a new phase or something like that. So. I thought, uh, hats off to DC. They did, I thought, an excellent job. Yeah, uh, to, to comment on a few things that you said, the, the first thing was, um, you know, the, it opened up with uh, the Wonder Woman 1984 panel and a trailer reveal. And, like, you're like, all right, that's amazing. But, like, and, you know, the next big thing was going to be, I think, Suicide Squad. So if that was at, like, one no, Suicide Squad, S- was that? Snyder Cut was going to be the big one because everyone wanted to see that first trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, Wonder Woman was at like one and then Suicide Squad was at like three. And I think Snyder Cut was later in the day. You know what? One of the smart things they did was the encore presentations of some so of the smart. bigger. That was so that smart. was great for like Very someone smart. like me. Like I like I kind of had the schedule in front of me, but like forgot about it. Um, yeah. And then I saw like, oh, like I can get an encore. Like it's all it was all. Super organized, yeah. very clearly laid out. That was another thing that they did very well. I was saying like the 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 actual programming of it was fantastic because yeah. like I would have tuned out. Like I've literally watched the Wonder Woman panel, and I would have tuned out afterwards, thinking like, "Oh, I have time. I can go watch Suicide Squad." And then all of a sudden, they're like, "We're about to like Zachary Levi comes on. He says, I'm going to reveal a brand new game that I don't even know what it is.'" And then, boom, they show the trailer for Gotham Knights. And, like, wasn't expecting that. They just went, they just did uh, a trailer release for a huge movie, and they've kept me hooked. And that was the great thing about the programming and doing it for, like, an eight-hour block and then doing the encore. It was like, we're going to just keep hitting you with all this great stuff, right? And, like, Bill, like that's you said, what it's I, hard to... That's why I kind of, with, yeah. with after Suicide Squad, they did the Venus Williams-Patty Jenkins thing, and I... I was about to turn it off, and then I, I just started listening to it. I'm like, wow, these are two both super engaging people. Yeah, I want to listen yeah. to this. Then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, we got Daughtry, and then Morbid Curiosity. I'm like, what is Daughtry really going to do? And then I heard it, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is super interesting. And then, like, yeah, it just – they found ways to make even the innocuous uh, – you know, none of that's really innocuous. Those are big stars. Mm-hmm. Like – the non-sexy stuff that is trailer reveals, which is what we're all there for, seems yeah. super interesting. And yeah, and can I also like so? And I and I told you guys earlier, like whatever. I don't care about all this behind the scenes, like side stuff. Like give me the give me the big give me the big stuff. Although I have to say, 
like kind of by accident, I caught this little like five minute. I don't know if any of you guys saw this. This like five minute thing that they did where it was um, this Batman Beyond thing where it was. And for those who don't know what Batman Beyond is, it's basically like in the continuity sort of of the animated series. But it's an older Bruce Wayne set many, many years into the future. Mm -hmm. And he's like mentoring a new Batman. (laughs) And it was like them doing the voice acting and they tap into some kind of like weird multiverse thing or something and they were watching the adam west 60s batman show and they're basically like doing commentary on it it was pretty damn funny like and that kind of stuff i usually like don't really care about but i gotta say like it was just something i caught by accident and it was actually pretty good so it's like it is little things like that where you can tell this wasn't just like we're gonna show the clips like they put like some serious effort into this event al can i ask you a question because you probably would know this better than anyone is was this plant i mean you know more than me and Dan, probably. So, was Phantom always planned, or was this just you know in the last few months they decided, okay, we're going to do this? Yeah, this was this was a you know cons are not happening, movies aren't happening. We want to stay connected with people. We want to we want to get people excited about these movies that have been pushed. That's that's it was all birth from you know that's, that. that how how smoothly it ran and the short amount of time it you would have felt insane. they did it for a year insane like because the way they did it and i have to believe that they saw comic-con at home and said we just need to do the complete opposite of everything they did mm-hmm. we need to make a, a a very easy to read and use schedule we need to make everything happen on one landing page uh, we need to keep people connected and, you know, uh, use the hashtag, make sure it's the right goddamn hashtag and, and decide what that is in advance, because that's a, a thing that Comic-Con had a big issue with was like, are we calling it SDCC, Comic-Con at home? Like, what are we calling this right. thing? Like, yeah, so it's just DC Fandom. Come, go to this page. It's free. It's going to be eight hours of content. It's going to be uh, you can watch it at this time or you can watch it at this time and then it's gone. That was the best thing about it was they right. made it programming that you have to sit and watch either Absolutely. East Coast or West Coast, right? That's the best thing because, yes, obviously the trailer is going to hit immediately as they happen just like at real Comic-Con, at you know, in real life. The way that they made it uh, work is that they made it Almost like you had to have a pass. You had to have been there at least at this time or this time. Right. Or you're not seeing it. And I, and on- I miss Suicide Squad. I'm not seeing it. And, and honestly, like, and usually I'm just like, and even when I used to, you know, read about the Comic-Con stuff back when I wrote for the site and I would write articles about the trailers and stuff, I was just like, whatever. I don't care about the panels. They're just going to say the same generic stuff. Like, just give me the trailer and I'll make my judgment on the film and move from there. I got to say, though, like... These panel, like legitimately, I got a lot of good material from the, the. We'll talk. I mean, we'll talk about all this stuff in depth soon. But like, Matter Matt Reeves, it like he really, really sold me on what he's doing with Batman. By and the way, so I, I've got a, I've got a lot to say on that. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, like the way he talked about, it, I was like, this guy gets it. This guy's really getting it. And the trailer was just more icing on the cake. It's so funny. So they were that... not mailing in it, is what I'm trying to say. Like they. No. We're, we're selling this material. Matt Absolutely. Reeves was on on there. Like I kept dipping in and out of that part of it. I felt like Matt Reeves was getting interviewed for 15 minutes, and he. But it wasn't even Aisha Taylor asking him questions. It's him just like I'm giving a 15 minute monologue about the Batman, and you're welcome. Yep. 
And I was that's super impressive because, like you said, Dan, a lot of these are just like very standard, very pat type things. We got project work on this. Like, can't wait for people to see it. It's gonna be great. Inside joke, inside joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Matt Reeves is really talking about like this is what we wanted to explore with the Batman. Um, And again, I'm going to talk about this when we get into the specifics. But again, he like he he did a great job delivering um, what to expect with that film. Yeah. So Matt. uh, So Alex. Yeah, let's get into it because I was I'm literally about to, to to mention one. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Wonder Woman. It was the first uh, first trailer and first panel of DC Fandom. Um, you know, obviously people know about this movie already. I think that was the third trailer. Yes. That, I mean, yeah. God damn it, this movie was supposed to come out this year. So like, yep. it's crazy that we hadn't seen uh, you know a full uh, you know even a full photo, let alone footage of Cheetah. Like, that's something that was, we've kind of been anticipating. We've only seen, like, you know, merchandise, and that's about it. Like, we really I, haven't seen anything. I got a Valpac piece of mail, like, for people who don't know what Valpac is, it's basically a big envelope of coupons in it, and it had mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 84, it says, coming soon to VOD. I got that on wow. Saturday. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, because they, you know, they had already bought it and they were going to print it, so it's like, coming <laughs> soon to amazing. VOD. I'm just like... What? I don't know when the fuck this movie's coming out. <laughs> like, yeah, no idea. Um, you know, just to talk about the panel, it was kind of the normal, like, you know, yeah. talking, talk about blah, 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 bullshit. The one great thing, though, was the surprise of uh, Linda Carter coming out. Um, and I God, I said that right, right? Yes. Oh, Linda Carter. The original one room. I said Linda Carter. Yeah. yeah that's she right. she came out and uh, surprised everyone and i thought that was really nice and, and and something that would have had you know would have happened at comic-con that would have had like a standing ovation people flipping tables and shit like that was such a that again they made it feel like i was watching this panel live or you know me and me and ryan when we've covered san diego there's a lot of hall h stuff that we wouldn't even get in because even press has to wait for like hours and stuff, right? It's, yeah. it's a little harder for press to. I to get I remember that when they were dropping like the Thor Ragnarok uh, logo. Yeah. I remember we were like watching. I think an illegal stream, or there was some stream that was really yeah. shitty. And they we were stream- they were streaming them, yeah. Yeah, and we were like sitting there like waiting, and we had like an army. And Dan, I know you were one of my was one of the people. We had like an army of people. Like, okay, you're taking this movie. Like, that's how we oh, had yeah. to do it. Like, here's yeah. the logo for Ragnarok. Like you're just making shit up as you go along because like that's all it was. But I also like the Wonder Woman panel where it was like they were doing some of the like the quizzes and stuff like that because you just see Chris Pine just basically who probably had a cocktail or two. Chris Pine yeah. just having a, having a good time, just being as great as great underrated actor that he is. It must be tough because like you think about Wonder Woman eighty four too is like because this one got delayed. Like the cast and the crew, they've probably been talking about this movie for like what feels like seven years. Yeah, because like I'm sure it was made like a while back, and they've been there have been like a million trailers, you know, and they keep talking about this movie, and now they got to do another panel talking about it. But it's good to see that you know their excitement about it is still there. Um, exactly. And the trailer and the footage was great. I thought it was fantastic. You know, uh, it has that one thing about DC movies that bothers me. is just like, Uh-oh. just just spend a little more time on the CG. Yep. Like, Dan, you and I talked about this shit. too with Wonder Woman. Right? There was a couple of CG moments where you're like, you could have spent that extra million or two that there's you're going to no, make up. There's no, yeah, there's no doubt in all the DC movies that Wonder Woman probably has like, 
the well, it has better CGI than like Suicide Squad, but it's yes. one of the lesser like it's like so, when you create, like so Man of Steel and BVS. I thought actually has pretty good CGI. Um, yeah. They spent a ton and ton of money on those movies. I mean, like with Wonder Woman eighty four, there's not there's not much to say. Like I don't need to be sold on this movie anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are great. They're going to deliver a great movie. Like there's nothing. I mean, honestly, like the trailer was solid. Like there was nothing about it that I thought the music was cool. Um, mm-hmm. What I what I will say about this movie, and this is one of the things like that is not great about the first Wonder Woman movie, even though it is very good, is the villains are not that good. It's a bad third act. Um, we sure. all know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot would be the first people to tell you that too. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like with this trailer, like one of the things we're telling you is, uh, yeah, we've got great villains here. Kristen Wiig is is Cheetah is an inspired choice. That is Grinch. a very very good. Love choice. that um, casting. As do I, I think Pedro Pascal looks awesome oh, as Max, like Max I Lord. This like swarmy like politician tycoon type. Yeah. Um, I'm very and but like let's be honest, I, the the best thing about the first Wonder Woman movie, in my opinion, was the dynamic chemistry between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Can just can I just tell you, Chris Pine, this guy, all right, this guy needs to be in better movies. He's ugly, so, he's ugly, so underutilized in Hollywood. What a hack. Um, the what best, hack. The, the best, like, the best, I think, Oscar-y type film he was in was Hell or High Water. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, he's been doing the franchising, and that's great. Um, I still think he's an amazing Captain Kirk. I think he's awesome in those movies. Hell, he but, was a good uh, Jack Ryan. This guy needs to, this guy needs to be in more films. Uh, and I, I will like, you know, the the last the kind of last button in the trailer, like probably could have done without the parachute pants joke. However, I will let it slide because of Pine's delivery. So oh, uh, fantastic. Pine is this trailer, wildly like, underrated with this comedy. Listen, absolutely. We could do a whole podcast of like why Chris Pine needs his own like nice guys. Like he, you know needs, what he to, needs to do. He needs, he needs no. He, no, he needs his own knives out. Because everyone was like, Chris Evans is Captain America. Then now he's Chris he Evans in a sweater a, needs, making sarcastic comments. Now everyone loves Chris Evans even more. He needs either an Edgar Wright or a Shane Black movie. Well, he's already That's done an Edgar needs. Wright movie. No, he hasn't. That's Chris Evans. Sorry. Sorry, football. But yeah, go. no. He, so, he, who was the other director you said? Uh, Shane Black. Like, he needs a, like a nice guy's. I say, I say, get him in a Wes Anderson film. I think this guy is so yes. multi-talented. He like, would, just, he just, would kill in a Wes Anderson would crush. film. He would crush it. He would he crush would. that. No, he really would. Um, oh, I thought, yeah, no, I thought like this. Dan, you were saying we don't need you didn't need to be sold on this on this movie, but I think like, unfortunately, due to everything going on, like we kind of forgot those first two trailers. So yeah, to true. put out, so to put out, but like people this remember new, the movie well. But no, I see what you're saying. No, but people know that Wonder Woman '84 will eventually come out. But I think more people will remember that poster with why is she dressed like the, an eagle? That's weird, you know. And like, and so now she's now we see this new trailer. We're seeing Kristen Wiig for the first time, uh, and I think a lot of people forgot about. it. So I think there's a lot of forgetfulness about this film. So reminding us that it's only yeah. going to be in theaters in October. I've heard. Of I, I think that's the plan right now. They kind of made a point of in the panel Question saying mark? like, "We want to, we 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 really want this film to be in theaters." Like, there's sort of sort of like with Tenet, whereas like there's certain movies where people are just not backing down. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Like, I don't look. You know, it's an interesting question. Like, if Wonder Woman was was on streaming, like, how much would you pay for it? Well, like, we talked I about this last episode pay, about Mulan. I think you'd pay a hefty price because we're saying Mulan. We would you spend thirty dollars for that 
if you're subscribing to Disney Plus, we're saying what's the we talked Christian last week after we talked about Corn Sweats was, you know, how much are we paying for like what's our breaking what's our price point for as some as, a, as someone who spent twenty dollars on Scoob and twenty dollars on yeah. Trolls World, World Tour, how much are you willing to spend on non kids movies? Will you go to thirty dollars? And it's a tough call. I, I would rather not reveal the uh, sum of money I would spend to watch Tenet. If we it was know that today we know at least you still have one of your shrines in your closet. Obviously, the Tom Brady one has the Tom been, Brady one's still there. Come it's on. not. You cannot root for Tenet, <laughs> you charlatan. You have to root for Cam. Um, now. <laughs> I, the only thing I was going to say about uh, the will end the Wonder Woman conversation, but I. I'm really excited because of the 80s vibe and aesthetic. And I remember the second, first or second trailer having like New Order and like that really great, like that was a great trailer. This trailer was, and I always feel about, I always feel this way about trailers too, is like the final trailer usually is is too long, too much, too much footage. Because you get to the point where it's like, I've seen enough. Like, yeah, let's just like, at stop. this point, like you got to give me the movie. Now they're in a tough spot because it was going to come out in June and they sort of had to like sort of manufacture more marketing for it. So yeah. I'll cut them a little bit slack on that. But I actually don't think you see like you still don't know how Steve Trevor comes back. Yeah. And I honestly don't like I really don't care how they brought like whatever. Just if Chris Pine is in it, I'm good mm-hmm. with it. So whatever I, excuse they want to make, I really don't care. I, I will say this. Cause I think you're the perfect person to have this conversation with. Doesn't the plot of this movie seem like the plot of Edward Norton's incredible Hulk. Uh, I, I think it's, I kind of see what you're saying. You know what I'm um, saying? It, where it's like, uh, for the, for the folks at home, what I'm saying is, uh, if you remember the incredible Hulk, um, Thunderbolt Ross gives, yeah. um, gives uh uh what's his name well i know it's uh the, um uh, it's the uh the abomination who the abomination that, I, now, now, oh, that's that's gonna drive me crazy who yeah that, i know i need to look that um, up right what's now. the question that's gonna drive me nuts who played uh in the incredible hulk the edward norton one who played emil blonsky right that's his tim name. Roth. yeah so the, okay it's tim roth yeah so yes yeah, tim roth so uh tim roth's character basically uh, he wants to become like a better version of himself. So Thunderbolt Ross gives him the super soldier program and he becomes basically Steve Rogers, but not really because it's a shitty formula and they never perfected it after that right. first time. And then um, he meets the the thinker, I think. Was it the thinker? See, now we're getting into yeah, deep no, no. Marvel, Marvel, it was, it Marvel was, stuff. It was the thinker. At my wheelhouse. Which gotcha. it was uh, oh, Wait, Tim Blake Nelson, Tim Blake Nelson's character. I believe was going to be it literally shows him becoming the thinker. Anyway, he gives him the injection. And that's what come, makes him become an abomination because he's got the mix of the super soldier serum and that. Right. So I see, I, I see that this plot kind of has that with like, um, Barbara, Kristen Wiig's character, like basically coming to Maxwell lore to make her like wonder woman, like a superhuman. And then she takes it like a step further. And that's what gives her like, that's why you see the fight like in the white house or wherever the fuck they are. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like evenly matched, but obviously Wonder Woman's going to beat her there. And then she becomes the cheetah. Like she comes, like keeps evolving. And like, that's why she has that quote. That's already been turned into a meme of like, Barbara, what did you do? Have you, have you seen a meme for that? It's amazing. I just, <laughs> you really I, should. I have, I just think of when I think because of the name Barbara. They have the clip of Gal, uh, Gal Gadot saying that. And then it's like a clip of Kristen Wiig from like SNL. 
and like do it with some like weird face. Yeah, it's I pretty fun. Mean, yeah. I digress. Anyway, uh, so yes, Wonder Woman trailer, pretty fantastic. Uh, we'll briefly go over the games that were announced. We already talked about uh, Gotham Knights, which is a uh, Warner Brothers Montreal game. So that's the branch of of the uh, the Warner Brother games that basically handles all of the rock steady. Um, sequels or prequels they did like arkham origins which was like a sort of unofficial arkham game right yes it's yeah it is official canon right it's just not made directly by the rocksteady team who made um arkham uh arkham asylum arkham city and arkham knight they uh they made arkham origins so like that's when they'll like if there's a year or two gap between sequels they'll put that one in between so people can still play a game right so gotham knights is in set in that universe uh batman is quote-unquote dead and it's time for like the bat family to take over so you get to play as nightwing robin and all the different robins so basically robin red robin um that's tim drake um Yum. And then uh, Batgirl, and then of course one of my favorite uh, characters of all time, Red Hood. So excited about that! And then the coolest aspect about this, Dan, I don't know how much of an avid comic book reader you are, or if you read any of the uh, the DC New Fifty Two, but they introduce the Court of Owls. Oh, uh, I know all about the Court of Owls. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the Court of Owls. Um, didn't they? Build, like, didn't they put it on Gotham put, the show? They yes, they did put it on Gotham. So. Well, they, the didn't reason, add, they did an admirable job with it. I, I reviewed Gotham back in the day on the site. Yes, you did. So, reason, did one you of the reasons yeah, I'm literally one of the reasons I'm literally sitting next to two boxes of comics and another twenty around me is because I'm a giant nerd. But mm-hmm. I, I was a comic collector who stopped, went to college, came back, wasn't really thinking of ever going back to it but i heard about the dc relaunching all their titles to number issue one which they've never done before including yeah, it was like Batman. 10 years ago or something yeah it was like later uh, mid 2000s anyway so um dc relaunched batman right which was in the late late hundreds and they went back to one every title they went back to one with 52 titles they launched they called it the new 52 and a lot of it is hit or miss really really hit or miss except for batman Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run on Batman is is amazing. Yeah, I, I've read it as well. It's a very good. It's they did a very, they did a great Riddler arc. We'll oh talk my god! About later, believe oh. you me. Woo, Dan, we gotta be friends again because holy shit, that's my Why'd favorite you ever part. Stop? Of- Dan's I don't know. <laughs> All right, so but uh, just briefly, Snyder and Capullo they start off with this this six issue arc called uh, actually I think it ends up being like. Uh, double that but anyway it's called the court of owls and they introduced that gotham has been secretly run by an organization called the court of owls this entire time right under batman's nose for generations they've been this crazy like illuminati-esque organization it is so well done so well crafted and i'm really excited to see the video game version the only problem that i have with it is it's so directly a batman story and they're using it without him and i you know they kind of did that with goth too only qualm about that but otherwise i'm so excited to see them because they're fucking terrifying and creepy and cool and there's so much history that they can go in um and snyder was uh he helped break story he was actively involved in the actual use of the Court of Owls in the game. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but then they also introduced, uh, or they also unveiled 
the long-rumored Rocksteady sequel. Everyone thought was either going to be a Batman game, a Superman game. I think there were, at one point there was rumors about like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I remember that yep. rumor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Rocksteady, again, they are the creators of the, the three award-winning Batman games. Uh, Arkham City being, I think, my favorite game of all time, if not one of like my top three favorite games. Uh, I remember hunting Riddler trophies uh, at wee hours of the night. So they announced Suicide Squad colon kill the Justice League. So it's another team game where you get to play as the Suicide Squad, which is great. Um, Harley Quinn is having a banner decade with another uh, iteration of her. And this time in video game form, we get another great killer sh- uh, King Shark. Voice. Uh, li- Voice. By WWE superstar Samoa Joe. Yes. Um, and um, Steve Agee's voicing him in the movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and I've been watching the Harley. I'm literally right now. It's pause. I'm watching the Harley Quinn series on HBO Max. And King Shark, voiced by Ron Funches, oh, is one of the best Ron casting Funches. decisions that's ever been made. Uh, but yeah, so King Shark, another person having a banner year. Um the difference between Suicide Squad and Gotham Knights was we got to actually see more cutscene than gameplay. So I guess they're still kind of in the, the development stage of this game. It's not coming um, until 2022. Which is depressing. But that, at least we get Gotham Knights to hold us over. Um, that we got to see gameplay footage of, which was really cool because you uh, they showed Batgirl and uh, Robin um, both like entering a building and like Robin goes upstairs and you're Batgirl and you're taking everything downstairs and then Robin kind of like meets you and you ne- kind of see like the the action. You can see what's happening with the other character and I wonder if there's going to be some sort of multiplayer feature because that'd be fucking awesome. But anyway, I digress. Thank you for hearing my uh, my TED talk about the Warner Brothers games. Moving on. I, I don't play games like uh, I don't really play games outside MLB The Show 20 where Barrel-chested 38-year-old rookie Bill Bodkin is crushing it in home runs right now. Okay, how how can playing a baseball game video game be entertaining? Uh, like football, it, I get. Ho- hockey video games are great. Uh, because you play because yeah, no. Well, baseball I mean, there's. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but I mean, first off, I'm the first guy to break the facial hair rule in the New York Yankees in history, and. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, you got to pitch, you got to hit, and uh, I didn't think it was going to be any fun, but you know what? When you're hitting, uh, when you're hitting dingers, brother, it's good, especially when you crush the Red Sox eighteen to nothing. But I digress. Not, but, a, not a good season for the Red Sox. No, I mean, come on, they still have Mookie bets on that roster. Um, let's, uh, but let's I mean, this game, squad. I'm just saying, like the really? Suicide Squad game looks like just from the cutscenes looks incredible. Like so good. I am like wildly impressed with how great this looks. I mean, we we talked about the the Avengers game that came out re- recently with Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, this blows away a lot of the Marvel games for me just because of just like the dialogue is so good. Like I'm just almost like I don't want this to be a game as much as I want this to be an animated series. Mm-hmm. And like we so were, I'm, we I'm, I'm, I'm I know I know but I'm just saying like for yeah. a Suicide Squad series with these voice actors I'm like mm-hmm. okay cool I'll take that but yeah I'm really intrigued and I if I had a game system I'd pick it up because I, it looks great but two years yeah, you hook people. You got you got people's you got people saving that money for this game. That was a smart move. Yeah, and Rocksteady has set the bar. Like they are 100%. the Marvel Cinematic Universe of 
of of uh, superhero video games. Oh like, yeah. Before that, it was like Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. and then that's about it. Like that that was the, I, my I favorite superhero game, and they they never made anything as good. Like they always made these shitty tie in games, and they are just like we're gonna make the fucking best Batman game ever and make two great sequels too. I usually invent like when it comes to video games, like probably like every like two three years, I will invest a lot of time into a one player game and really devote. We'll devote some time to it. The Arkham games were those games. Yeah, I have to. So this this trailer was pretty good. I wasn't like blown away by it, but it was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that like the only thing I'll just say about this is my big takeaway on this game is that they said it would be a multiplayer. Um, so to basically awesome. go through like a Arkham type campaign, but with like three other people, that's a. I think that's a game changer for this type of game. So yeah, uh, for yeah. sure, especially if you could Absolutely. like, especially with now, if you're going to be like you know, playing with your friends and you could like have a whole party of that. I know, you know, you and Ryan and a few other people I'm sure will jump on that and argue over who's going to be King Shark. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the the great thing about this too, as another thing you have to wonder, because again, we only saw cutscenes, right? And if this is going to be a multiplayer game, right? I'm used to Batman Arkham, the Arkham games where your biggest strength was being stealthy. Suicide Squad is not a stealthy group. They are a loud, crazy group, which we will also talk about in a little bit uh, with the movie trailer. I wonder how that's going to translate for for a Rocksteady game. I want to see what their version of just loud and crazy is. Right? It's going to be like Grand Theft Auto. Think about Grand this. Theft Auto. I hope it's more like like uh, like more fluid and stuff, like Sunset uh, Sunset Overdrive, which was uh, one of the first games that came out for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. It's a very crazy bombastic, colorful game. Uh, I'm hoping that it gets a little of that feel with with uh, with this turnaround with uh, Rocksteady and Suicide Squad. But moving on, we're going to talk about another Suicide Squad, and that is the, uh, the Suicide Squad, specifically The. Uh, this is directed by James Gunn of Marvel fame. Um, I love how... And, you know, we can do an entire podcast about uh, Me Too and the craziest cancel culture. But uh, James Gunn was canceled at one point. He was straight up canceled um, because of, mm-hmm. of old tweets that have been res- were, that were resurfaced um, by uh, uh, enemies of his o- o- online. And uh, Marvel had to, you know, uh, Marvel Disney had to, to, to make a, a, a crazy decision of like, you know, we, we can't have you here. You know, there's a president that has been set with things like this. And we need to, you know, we need to do this. We need to let you go. And, uh, there was a, you know, there wasn't fighting from James Gunn. There wasn't a lot of like, you know, he apologized and he was like, I'm out. Right. There was no like bad mouthing anyone coming after anyone. He, out of everyone that's been canceled, he's got to done the right thing. I know that's kind of weird to say, well, I mean, um, also, I mean, to to put it into context too. Remember when he put those jokes out? He was working for trauma, which yes. is not known to be the most not, politically correct. But film not studio. an excuse. It's not. No, a good no, no. Excuse. I'm saying like he was like he even came out and said he's like I'm trying to trust. It. I'm not excusing like anyone for oh, no. shit like that. <laughs> but I'm just saying like he was just like listen. This was the mind frame I was in when I was working. I was trying to do these edgy jokes. They didn't work, and he owned it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people don't own it. Or they have some sort of bullshit excuse. And, um, you know, he lost that. But, I mean, isn't he back with Marvel now? Yeah. No, I was just – I was going to get back into oh, that. Oh, after I interrupted. You're good. You're good. I was just going <laughs> to say that that, DC, uh, that Warner Brothers 
made the smart move and actually, you know, saw an opportunity and offered him the job for Suicide Squad when he was free. And uh, he took it and he started developing The Suicide Squad, which was basically going to be a sequel slash reboot, question mark. Slash let's do better. I I don't care what it is. Reboot, requel, like whatever it's called. I just want a good movie. Uh, yeah, so and, funny story about a podcast, yeah. me, Dan, and Suicide Squad. So I didn't, I didn't see Suicide Squad in theaters. So Dan is like, Bill, I need to do a podcast on this fucking movie. And I was like, okay, man, like, all right. So I was, you know, staying at home at the time, you know, unemployed as usual. And so I got hammered and I just asked him questions and he just like, I would be like, Dan, what'd you think about it? Let me fucking tell you about this. And that whole podcast is him ranting at my drunk questions. It's, it's honestly like one I was of the best so, podcasts I've ever done. I was so angry about that. You film were pissed. That I don't even like. I don't even remember Bill being there. Like I just needed. I, I mean, honestly just I. Need That's to think. And I want to let me just say like, uh, let me revisit the 2016 Suicide Squad movie for briefly for a minute. And it's just for me like Watch your blood pressure. Honestly, it, it's honestly people could say like, oh, you're this is a hyperbolic statement. I mean, this is it is the most. It's definitely the most disappointing superhero movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, like, even one of the most disappointing movies the last five years. Because, Bill, you remember, I was so hyped you for that film. You and everyone else. And the thing is, like, there's nothing that angers me more than when you have just all this wasted potential. You had Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. The most perfect casting you could ever imagine for that character. Um, you had uh, Will Smith in the movie. You had Will Smith in a comic book movie playing a really cool character. And you completely wasted it. You had Viola Davis, this Academy Award winning actress. Uh, you know, uh, and again, like, unfortunately, Jared Leto, who I was a fan of when they cast him as the Joker. But and that to me is like. One of the worst sins that that movie commits is that it makes the Joker arguably the greatest comic book villain of all time. One of the greatest, you know, villains ever in a movie, just like this very forgettable whatever character. And that to me is unforgivable. As we've seen, like the character of the Joker, the character of the Joker has won two Academy Awards. So, like, how can you screw that up? And then also you had Jack Nicholson playing them, who's also iconic. So it's like you're talking about three iconic performances of the same character, yet they made him just totally forgettable. It's just that that to me was just unforgivable. So um, it was I had I definitely had a lot of baggage coming into uh, this movie. Um, But I definitely I definitely have a few things to say on the Suicide Squad. Uh, But yeah, I want to let you continue on just kind of like the setup and, you know, what this panel really brought out in terms of the mood and the vibe that you got from this movie. But I just had to I had to get my Suicide Squad rant out there. I'll give you my Suicide Squad rant. It was needed. That movie fucking sucked. (laughs) It was just so bad. It was just like. Sometimes you could be like bland. It was just so bland. It's like it was so it's so forgettable. It's like okay, I don't give a shit about this movie. Like you're Which watching. Is why it. I think it's great we're going to it now a director in James Gunn who is anything but bland. Well, what's your take on release the air cut, guys? Ooh, actually, no. I I know my take, Dan. Quick, what is your I take mean, on my, release my the teasers, air cut? I don't think there is a David Ayer cut. Look, I. There it I mean, is. Who knows? <laughs> Like here, here's the thing. Like, I mean, there, there is no other cut of uh, Suicide Squad. I believe 
Um, I feel like, you know, who, who knows what happened? You know, look, David Ayer was a director. He's a director. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, so I think going from David Ayer to James Gunn is a big upgrade. You know, to be fair to David Ayer though, you know, who knows what happened behind the scenes. They, the studio could have changed a ton of last minute things after the reaction to Batman versus Superman. You know, that's something that I talked about a lot in the moment back at the popbreak.com. Whereas it's very possible that Suicide Squad could have been a very different movie, but because of the reaction to BVS, it's very possible that they changed a lot of things late in the game. Yeah. So, you know, look, I don't know. The, look, here, here's what the end result of Suicide Squad is a bad result. You know, was it all David Ayer? I don't know. But as far as an Ayer cut is, I just, quite frankly, I don't think there is one. <laughs> so. That's, I mean, that's, uh, that's a great point. I don't think there is one either, um, and I don't need to see it because I don't want to. I don't want to live in that world again. Yeah, we'll look. We'll get like to the ever. Snyder cut when we get there. But as yes. far as like, you know, that, I think that the I think the Snyder cut is an anomaly. Like there is something there. Like all these other people claiming like there's a cut of this, there's a cut of this, there's a there's some random you know cut of Rise of Skywalker. These things don't exist. The Snyder cut to me the is Colin an Tra- You mean you're going to deny the Colin Trevorrow cut of <laughs> Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> we wasted way too much time on these alternate cuts. There's, there's oh, no I love getting Dan steamed. It's great. I love it. Um, no, but so, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but this, but my ultimate thing with this is, it's like, okay, the first suicide take at suicide, suicide squad sucked, but like it could lead us to potentially something awesome. And you know what? If, if the new, if the suicide squad is awesome, why is also DC putting the in front of everything, by the way, the Batman, the suicide squad, the pop I think um, they are, I think they're doing a soft reboot. Oh no! I know. I'm just, I'm just a joke. Their cinematic universe, right? So they're kind of saying, this is, "This is a new, this is a new point to start at, right?" Yeah, but um, no. I, but I think, I think if the Suicide okay. Squad is great, I don't think anyone's going to care about that original movie. Everyone's going right, to relish. I know, I, but we're going to bathe people, in the new movie. But there are people Weird. that get wrapped up in this of like, oh, what, what continuity is in it? Is it a reboot? Is it like a, a sequel? Is it? A re- I, I don't like when it comes to this stuff. I don't care. I don't care about con- – like, I'm a movie guy first, comic book guy second. I don't care what you call it. It just better be a good movie. That's it. That's all I care about. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the titling of it is nonsense, but it, it won't it, – like, as long as I see that it's going to be something that I want to see, then then I don't give a shit. I, I fully exactly. agree with Dan on that. And what we saw of Suicide Squad, which was a, uh, a fun roll call finally giving um, – you know, specific characters to actors that have been casted. We, we saw this gigantic, crazy, crazy, insane cast that uh, James Gunn has built with A-list actors and like, you know, uh, cr- like very one-off comedians that you didn't even know were like, you know, uh, what's his name? Fula, uh, Fula Borg. Well, who's great? Thing, though, like, are they are they a list? Like, I actually think that part of the charm of what the and I got to be honest. So, like, so Bill actually emailed me over the weekend. He's like, "Hey, I just saw the Suicide Squad panel. It looked pretty good. I haven't seen it yet." And my whole thing with Suicide Squad coming in is like, honestly, like, I I, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Like, I, Guardians of the Galaxy, as Bill knows, is one of the few Marvel movies that I do passionately like. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and so correct. I, I like so I like James Gunn's direction, but. I had no, like I really didn't do a lot of reading about this movie. I had no idea what to expect. I mean, Margot Robbie, yes, a lister. Um, 
I think you could probably say Idris Elba and I mean maybe Pete Davidson. Those uh, are probably I think those uh, are the three people who are the like the most. I would say the most seasoned and well known. Margot. I would A-list. say Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena. Well, no. Oh, I guess Margot yeah, Robbie, I guess Viola Davis. I guess. Oh, no. Then, yeah. I, I don't. Ca- no, no. But I don't. I, I I'm not saying that. Viola Davis is an A-lister. I'm saying as like. Am I going to a movie because Viola Davis is going to have a small part in it? No. She I don't think she's going to have a small in, part in it. But she was barely in the first one. She's Amanda Waller. She's like, I've assembled the team. Go do some shit. Like, she's yeah. going to be in the movie, and that's great. But she's not going to be the main focus of the movie. True, true, true. Here's, here's what this panel did brilliantly. Is that it's because, look, I'm a DC fan. I am not going to pretend to know who more than half of these people are. Okay? Oh, my God. But, but hold band. on. Love it. But Polka what the man? did is it made you want to know more. And that to me, it's it's a success. Mm-hmm. And the footage looked great. The footage looks sick. Um, but like you look at all these like I, I like the fact that you have all these kind of oddball actors playing characters like Weasel, Ratcat not Ratcatcher, Ratcatcher two. 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 Blood there's a character named Bloodsport. Are you kidding me? But I'm the guy that I am planting the my flag on. And he's a character that I kind of knew existed. Telling you right now, Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man is going to be. Can, can, do you guys mind? Can I just read you the Wikipedia summary of who this guy is? Of course. Um, I mean, okay. Okay. Abner Krill, who decided Great. for reasons unknown to launch a crime wave based on spots and dots in Gotham City, where he inevitably came into conflict with Batman and Robin. As Mr. Polka Dot, he wore a costume covered in spots. Once removed from the costume, the spots could be used for a variety of purposes, such as creating deadly weapons and a bizarre escape vehicle. Love he it. succeeded in capturing Robin, but Batman defeated him. So that's the Wikipedia summary of Polka Dot Man. That sounds so twisted, yeah. wacky, James Gunn, the opposite of what the 2016 Suicide Squad was. And the other, I'll get back to you guys. The other thing I just want to say is John Cena describing his character as a douchey Captain America. Man, I'm ready. Let's go. I was really impressed with this. Yeah. Polka Dot Man, uh, and I have to say, like, the the footage of Polka Dot Man in the trailer, like, because it's like, oh, that's so weird. It's Polka Dots. But, like, they gave it a very dramatic feel to he it. To, funny and threatening. Yes. yes. And that, like, I love what James Good said about this. He's like, this is a yeah. 1970s war picture yep. that I have put superheroes in. And I'm just like, motherfucker, mm-hmm. I love you. Like, Don't get attacked. Per- what? Don't get attacked. Said, and I love that. It's, yeah. it's perfect because you have so many characters. You don't know what they are. Peter Capaldi, of course, Al, you and I are Doctor Who oh. fans. As what he's is he? The Tinker. thinker. I fucking love that Tinker. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I love Peter Capaldi. He's so yeah. like people don't. People are sleeping on how amazing he's going to be. Nathan Fillion. We haven't even talked. He's in this movie with a mustache. Like, yeah. come on. Like TDK. TDK. Something like that. I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned Michael Rooker yet. We haven't. He's playing Savant. I so you James alumni. You, yeah, I was going to say a lot and of these Weasel are is his brother. Teams. Weasel is Sean Gunn. Uh, right, David yeah. De, David Desmulchin. I love David Desmulchin. He's Ooh. playing Polka Dot Man. Of course, um, he was in he Batman. Is, oh, he was in Batman. Uh, he was in he, Dark Knight. Dark, yeah. Dark Knight. Credited as a Joker thug, apparently. Correct. I looked and, that up for this. And he's in Ant Man, 
one and two. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's in, he's one of his friends in Ant-Man. Um, he's great. And he's uh, yeah. super funny. And uh, I think amazing casting choice. I love that, you know, they said in, like, we didn't even see a trailer. We actually saw a, a roll call. Right. Um, the roll call which was, was better just, than the entire Suicide Squad movie, in my opinion. Yes. It was the roll call and then the uh, behind the scenes footage. So they we don't have a trailer yet. I'm guessing a lot of the uh, special effects have not been finished. They said that. Stop that. Correct. So I really enjoyed both of those, and I'm glad they did that. They showed both of those things. It also answered a lot of questions for us because there were so many rumors of like, who's Idris Elba going to play? Like, is he going to be? Is he going to be vigilante? Is he going to be Bronze Tiger? Like, is he going to be like one of these like badass people? And then they're like, oh. He's Bloodsport. You're like, what? Who is Bloodsport? Like, this is so weird and crazy. It's a great, and only, it's a great movie, but right. And, and, oh, Kumite, baby. and only James Gunn could do that. Like, I'm going to cast one of the biggest actors on the planet in the weirdest role ever. Like, listen, guys, Guardians of the Galaxy were not A-listers. He made no. them A-listers. He made them A-listers. He made him give a shit about Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon and a tree. He you know took, what I mean? He like, took Dave Bautista who was, before this movie, regarded as a complete garbage fire of an a- of an actor and made him a beloved Marvel character. Yeah. Then he was starring in, in – well, not starring, but he had like a key role in Blade Runner. Blade Runner. So yeah. he really kick-started his career. Of course. Um, can uh, I ask and, you- uh, and Bond, right? Isn't he a thug in Bond? Yeah, that was a sh- – they, let's, they let's under- not talk about They Spectre. underdid that one. Um, that Spectre's a yeah. crap movie. Yeah, agreed. Um, can I can I throw out – so my only like kind of reservation and concern don't, about this movie Don't is, do it. Don't, don't do, do it, Dan. I, I just, just hold don't on. Don't do it. Is like – Watch is, your blood pressure. <laughs> is there a potential for this to be like to James Gunn in the sense that will it be so weird to the point where it will be incomprehensible? No. But I'll tell you why I'm not too worried about that is because it's something that Bill said earlier where it's like they also – it's the humor of James Gunn combined with the fact that it's a gritty seventies war movie. So I think that's a good element that grounds it a little bit. This is a great combination. So I just want to throw that out there, you know, because I felt like with guardians two, there was a little bit of that. I still like guardians too, but uh, that's really my only like very minor quibble reservation. I I feel like, and we can have another entire conversation. We can actually have me and you can do another podcast uh, where we, I could defend the movie, and I think Guardians Two is gonna look at, like people are gonna look at that movie years later. And uh, there, there are parts it. I like quite a bit about it, but it, it's yeah. it's a little bit of a mess at times. But it's a solid sequel. It's a solid like sequel. It a Kurt Russell's um, very good in it. I don't have any reservation because I feel like just by just from not even seeing a trailer, <laughs> just from seeing the behind the, the scenes footage, and when he specifically said, "Don't get attached," the reason he's introducing fifty characters into this is because. You know, I don't think five of them are going to walk out of here alive. Like, he's going to kill off so many people in this, and you're going to fall in love, and you're going to get interested in, like, Savant and uh, Polka Dot Man and all these people. I think there's only going to be a few people left at the end of it, and that's a great – and it's it's all about the journey. And James Gunn is really about comedy and the journey, right? So we got a war movie. We got like some kind of insurgent he's, happening where they need to get a dirty, this giant team together. Yeah. It's a dirty dozen. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's I what he, it's, it's it's what Inglorious Bastards sometimes missed. It was which I love that movie still, but like they kind of forgot about the bastards in the third act. Um, a lot of them. And, what else? Yeah, I know, but still, it's something that bothers me to this day. 
Uh, so I think that it's like, but he's making the classic Dirty Dozen war picture. It's just going to be like, and I think that James Gunn is a guy coming from his background where he's going to take characters, like Al said, that are so fringe. But he's a guy who invests in the fringe. And he has a way to bring a certain humanity to those fringe type characters that I think it's going to, like, it's going to be <laughs> It's going to be fucking better than the first movie. Um, and I think well, it, it's... I mean, it already is. Yeah, like, it, it pretty much is. And this, the way... Seeing the people in the panel act uh, reacting together and, and, like, to each other, and there seems to be such positive vibes between them. And I know it's, like, such a hippie thing to say, but when you see a cast having fun together and talking about having fun together, that is a good outlook for a film. That it's just, like, everyone was, like, in on this mission like of the film, the through line of the film and everyone was like in on it and had fun and wanted to work for him. And that's the big thing. When the whole controversy with James Gunn came out, his cast was right there for him, except for Pratt maybe. Uh, but you know, Oh, was he there? I Pratt was there for him. I, I know yeah, he's making a God I, now. So I'm like, I don't know I how he felt. Every, I think the entire cast, they also wrote a letter to, I think Disney to try to get him reinstated. But everyone was like, we don't condone anything he said in the past. But we support him in every way. Right. And I think James Gunn is a director, like like you said, like when he went into first Guardians, I mean, remember, remember where all these people were beforehand. Like he brought out the best in all of them. And I think he's going to do that here. And I think that's this is going to do very well. And I think it's going to be at least at minimum at floor level. It's going to be a solid movie. It's going to be a big hit. And it's it, going to, I and it's no, I'm just talking really quality wise. It'll be a solid movie, but it has a massive ceiling. Because that first poster that uh, our quasi sort of regular guest host Cole posted, which was a total throwback to 70s World War II pictures, it was amazing. And I think he's great on details. So I was like, I came out of this and I'm like, this is the movie. We're going to talk about Batman, but Suicide Squad was like, Man, when movie theaters reopen, I am plunking down dollars to see this movie because I want to see it. And I feel like it's been a while since we've talked about DC in terms of, like, must-see, I-gotta-be-there movies. Yeah, and again... That's not revolving around Batman. What you're saying is without seeing a trailer. Yes, that's what I mean. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's, that's nuts. Like, I think the last time that even happened was, like, you know, Infinity War Endgame, where we were seeing a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. Brief, small glimpses of it, and we were just like, come on, give me this movie. I have not felt that way about a movie mm. without seeing a trailer in a long time. Yeah, man. Especially for a movie like this, and it goes back to, I think, just kind of like the DC fandom of it all, is that, the especially for a movie like The Suicide Squad is that they have to like you have to be able to really sell the enthusiasm for this film and they did that they did that hook line sinker like this is not like oh we're just really excited about it you know to like do the pr or whatever like you can tell that every single person yeah. in this cast and the director are super enthusiastic and they know you can see it like they know they made a great film so i i hope it is and you and you still got and Margot Robbie, she's the huge draw for this film because that's the one character at Suicide Squad that everybody loved. A lot of people love Birds of Prey, even though Birds of Prey make good money. In my opinion, I think is getting to that cult status because now you're seeing uh, Journey Smollett Bell 
uh, Lovecraft Country. So everyone's like, oh, shit, she was in Birds of Prey. I got to yeah. watch that. Because Lovecraft Country, like I said last week, is a great show. Um, mm-hmm. And she's amazing in it. So, yeah, I think, like, the Harley Quinn character and based on DC Universe show, too. I know two separate voices. I know it's uh, Kaylee Cuoco doing the voice. But that Harley Quinn character has got such great cachet right now. He's, like you said, great 10 years for her. That's going to be a huge draw to it. And you're going to, and when we see that trailer, it's going to be a lot of her. Exactly. Uh, moving on, before we get into um, the Snyder Cut, uh, a, a few things that we kind of really haven't talked about were the, uh, the announcements of um, a Shazam sequel. Well, I didn't even know that. And, yeah, uh, you know, we already uh, kind of knew that that was going to happen. There was a official title was given. Uh, I think it was is, is it King, King of the Gods, something Fury like that. Fury of the Gods, maybe. Fury of the Gods. That might be it. Fury of the Gods. Um, and then um, some test footage, not even, of uh, Black Adam. Which I is, saw uh, that, yeah. The Rock. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Black Adam – uh, has been one of those movies that's been in kind of not development hell, but uh, just long, long ago it was announced uh, with The Rock starring in it. And it was actually uh, The Rock, who was uh, the big producer on Shazam, to basically introduce Shazam first, then bring in Black Adam. So uh, that was super interesting to see just, you know, an inkling of this happening. Um, it's crazy because I, I would just, if, 2020 didn't happen the way it has happened i want to know where we would be in production wise and uh in terms of these dc movies i think they'd have double the amount of movies uh in production or at least you know uh, in the can so those were two big ones that uh, were announced in some capacity and then we got to see the long awaited trailer for the snyder cut of Justice League. So oh, I need to re- refresh my beverage here. Uh, so can I just give my uh, quick opinion on it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fine. Like I was literally saw the Twitter comments on HBO Max's Twitter feed where people were like, "Thank you, God! Oh my God! I was so happy it happened." They were like, they were like sacrificing lambs in a field. They were so happy this teaser trailer got released. I'm like. Cool, it looks like alternate takes uh, from Justice League and a couple other characters, and um, it looks fine. I'll give it a shot. I, I still have to watch the first uh, cut of Justice League, and then I'll watch it on HBO Max. Like, I mean, like out of pure morbid curiosity, for all those people who are happy the Snyder Cut is happening, if this is a huge part of your life, I'm very happy for you. I want you to go out. I hope this movie is great. I hope it's everything you wanted. For me... Eh, I don't really care. I'm going to go refresh my beverage now. Talk amongst yourselves. Dan, as a, a Snyder aficionado, as someone who I believe me and you had a whole podcast on BVS. And we kind sure of, did. Uh, we did. We did. And as someone who was super excited about uh, – who, who liked, enjoyed Man of Steel, who is an actual Snyder fan, someone who uh, was – eagerly waiting uh, Watchmen to come out two years before it came out and told my uh, then girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, I can't wait to see this movie that comes out in two years. Um, like I've always been a fan of him and, you know, um, his, his DC films have been very hit or miss specifically after Man of Steel. We got BVS, uh, a movie that you were pro at the time. I don't know if things have changed since I was it's, against. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny you say that because yeah. – so, okay, 
yeah, with with Batman versus Superman. So I am I am a defender of that film. I thought it was great. It's funny you bring it up because I saw it again recently and I've seen the movie like, I don't know, maybe like seven times or something. Uh, And so every time I sit down to watch Batman versus Superman, I always think, okay, this is going to be the time when I start to see what everybody else sees and I don't like it. Honestly, I think the movie is aging great. I still love it. I really do. I get why people don't, but I still think that BDS is a great movie. In particular, like, I got it, man, that early sequence where uh, Bruce Wayne is running into the wreckage as the Man of Steel, see, where he's seeing the Man of Steel destruction from his point of view is a damn good sequence. Mm-hmm. And it really sets up the movie perfectly. I don't want to divert on a BVS tangent because I could talk about that movie for days. I really yeah. like it. Now, having said that, I do recognize the fact that when that movie came out, even though I liked it, there was a lot of overwhelmingly negative reaction to the film. And I mm-hmm. knew on that day that that Justice League was going to be significantly altered because of the reaction. I knew really early on that we were never going to see Zack Snyder's true version of Justice League because even – Though he's sitting in the directing chair, I just assumed that there were like 900 Warner Brothers executives standing behind him, mm-hmm. telling him what to do. And for lack, like honestly, the final product sort of got like Rise of Skywalker in that it commits what I think is the cardinal sin of franchise filmmaking, whereas you try to please everyone. Yeah, you can't do that. And honestly, like Justice League came out, I had low expectations. Like, it's a mediocre film. It was cobbled together like it was a safe movie. In my review for the com, I called it the Alex Smith of superhero movies. I was going to ask um, you if is, that was the one. Is, I almost yeah. didn't go with that either. And so many people. I, I, I pushed you to do that. You did. And I we got so many responses like, wow, that is a deadly accurate description of this movie. Which this is, is the Alex like Smith fine. of movies. It wasn't awful. It did gets the job done mostly but and honestly i wrote the review i did a podcast about it and that was it i moved on from justice league like i knew i wasn't going to get snyder's true version the movie came out i forgot about it now i bet you guys think for like no for two years people have been talking about this snyder cut snyder cut snyder cut snyder cut and i'm sure you guys were thinking like oh dan big dc guy but he followed this stuff pretty closely no not i i I I honestly did i didn't give the snyder cut 10 seconds of my like Every time it would pop up in a conversation or like on a feed or something, I would just say like that's not a real thing. I never believed that the Snyder Cut was actually real until it was announced that it would be on HBO Max a couple like a couple months ago or wherever it was. And to break it down succinctly, like yeah, out like I'm I'm a, I'm a Snyder fan. I defend the guy. I think he really puts a lot of. You can say what you want about BVS. Like I get why people don't like it, but to deny. The ambition and effort in, into that film to me is just wrong. I, I you oh, can't it's ambitious as hell. An effort and ambitious to that film. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like my thoughts on the Snyder Cut are this: I think it's going to be a moderately better version of what we saw, and that's it. I'll move on. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to say this though: I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do hope that I see the movie that I originally thought it could be, if we lived in a world where people liked BVS. I just don't. And and he did it. And Steiner, as he always does, he did a great job at the panel. He was passionate. You can tell he really cares about these characters and this idea of these loners coming together. Um, he talked about Cyborg, who was actually one of my favorite parts of the actual film that we did see. 
and I could tell that there was probably more with him. I do really like Ray Fisher's performance in that movie. Yeah. Um, and look, the teaser trailer was fine. Like, I think you can de- you can definitely feel Snyder's imprint on that teaser trailer. Um, you know, with the music and everything. I like the shot of like Cyborg kind of limping and like struggling to fight. I love Ben Affleck's last line, the trailer of he's never fought us, not United. So look, I, I, I would love nothing more than to get um, a Justice League movie that I thought had the potential to be what it could be. But again, like, I just want to really stress to people, to, to DC fans, like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't think that there's this magic footage sitting in a vault somewhere that's all of a sudden going to make this movie amazing. Again, it's going to be, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the four hour thing, but I want to give you guys a chance to talk about this. But at the end of the day, I think we'll get a moderately better version and that will be it. I just want it's this not- thing to come out so we can move on with DC because what we saw at Fandom was there's such a, the future's so bright. Yeah. Let's move past this. Like that. And I think DC fans would agree. It's like once let's, there's, when we came out of this weekend, like the expectations are so high for DC. Like, like I'm stoked for this. Like, let's go to Batman. Let's go to Su- the Suicide Squad. You guys right. have got so much goodwill going forward. Let's just get this thing done and over with. You know what I mean? It's just like let's move. Let's get it out. Get it done. Move forward because there is a good vision. I think for uh, the DCEU. I am glad that's not. I will. I, I I generally agree with that. I will say though, I I am glad that Snyder's getting a oh, chance sure. at this. I, I am glad that he's get. I am glad that Zack Snyder's getting another crack at this. Like, yeah, if you want to call the DC fandom like annoying and irritating, it, like totally get it. It's just like they kept talking about this thing for years, and it's like you're right. Enough is enough. Um, but for Snyder, I, I'm glad that he gets another opportunity to maybe make his version a little better. Yeah. It's funny because I always thought that this thing existed because the way that I kept hearing about it and not the sense of like, oh, there is a, a Snyder cut, right? The the details that I kept hearing about it specifically, whether it was on like Fat Man, and, uh, Fat Man on Batman, which is now uh, Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith's podcast, Mark Bernard, um, you know, he heard from someone who was working on the set that these are the things that were filmed that we didn't see. Like I was hearing – too, it's almost like when you hear too many details on a story that you're like, well, it has to be kind of true, right? Or at least part of it has to be true because it, it's not even rumors anymore. It's like I keep hearing the same things over and over again, right? Right. So I was I, – I just always knew that it was real. So anytime that someone was saying like shut up about the Snyder Cut doesn't exist, like I, I wasn't like, oh, shut up. It's real. I was just like it's, it's probably real, but like we're never going to see it because – why would they ever do it? There's no reason to. Then, then Bill. I mean, when we first started talking about HBO Max and that coming out, I I think one of the first things we're talking about is like, hey, release that Snyder cut that everyone keeps talking about It'll because be, that's going to do. I mean, gangbusters. They, they better they better get their shit together with Fire Stick and Roku. I'll tell you that because that's going to exactly. up the subs huge. Oh, insane. So yeah, we talked about this at length on this podcast a few times. I remember again with Cat and Cole, we talked about the Snyder Cut, especially when it was announced that it was a real thing and it's actually happening. Great. The, the trailer episode called "Release the Monroe Cut." That's right. So the trailer itself, I I was not crazy about. And I hated that footage. version of Hallelujah. I'm just like, oh, oh my god, god, why is he obsessed with the song? We heard it in Watchmen. <laughs> He literally had it when uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre were boning. 
he had that oh, song. I have a terrible story about that scene. I was, Amazing. I was in I was in the movie theaters. We took my <laughs> wife to see it uh, for yeah. a surprise like 30th birthday. There was a oh child. God. Excellent. In there and saying, is he making her happy? And all of a sudden, I, I you just hear me oh. go, Jesus Christ, why did you bring a child to this R-rated movie? That was my story oh, about man. that. When me and Megan went to see uh, Deadpool or Deadpool 2 on, like, Valentine's Day or whatever, there As was a should. kid there. As you should, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's when it came out. Of course. Uh, there was a kid there, and I'm like, that's a terrible parent. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, even before I was a parent, I knew that was a terrible parent. Great. Same. Back to the Snyder Cut. So, uh, yeah, the trailer um, not didn't underwhelm me. Like, the, the footage was cool. Seeing mm-hmm. all the stuff that we didn't get to see, and specifically, Dan, you already mentioned it, the cyborg stuff, like, was the most interesting. And specifically, what has happened on the lead-up to Snyder Cut with everything that's happened with Joss Whedon and Ray mm-hmm. Fisher, how he was a piece of shit on set, uh, allegedly, Joss Whedon, and Ray Fisher has been, you know, very vocal and active as someone who is like an up and coming kind of or, or moderately up and coming actor to, to to be able to say like, hey, one of the biggest director and writers ever was a giant piece of shit when he had to come in and ruin this movie for us. Right. So, like, I I was even more excited for him because now he's getting his opportunity to see what um, Zach saw in him and the footage that we get. I mean. All the stuff with the uh, the, um, the the football scenes and the slow mo and like the stuff that I really love about Zack Snyder, like cool, great. For something that I want to be excited about, Hallelujah, a little too on the nose about like, yay, we're finally getting mm-hmm. a Snyder cut. But not like, a great music choice. It was not, not a great. music not. It was. Choice. It was so somber. Like for something because you because oh, he like Snyder said it himself post BVS going into Justice League. Like this is going to be a brighter, happier more fun movie right and we try to get like Josh try to get that in justice league failed kind of miserably it, again it's a very passable mediocre movie it's really not great but it's like eh, whatever what are you gonna do you know what, what could he have done to make this better now i'm a little scared about the Snyder cut mm-hmm. in the sense that I'm going to get a four hour director's cut of just a slog. And that's what I'm a little like. I'm, I'm terrified of that. that. Right. Okay. Here's my take on the four hour thing. So when I initially heard four hour cut, I actually got pretty annoyed. Cause it was like, that's ridiculous. Like I don't, and I also don't like the fact that it's being split up into four parts because it's like, I'm sorry. It's, it's a movie, right? This is a, this is a Snyder cut of a film. Films are meant to be seen in one sitting, you know, Fine, I'll watch The Irishman for three hours. I don't know if I'm going to watch Justice League for four hours. The, you the only, are. The, I mean, I, I, I obviously am, but I still would prefer to watch a movie in one sitting. That's yeah, the way they're meant course. to be seen. The only, the only defense I'll give for that is this, is that it was originally intended that Justice League was going to be a two-parter. Two-parter. And we're going to film it together. So in that sense, I could see reasonably why it could be four hours um and then i guess like the four part thing kind of makes sense if you're releasing it on a platform like hbo max so i'm not thrilled about that but i accept it i wouldn't have yeah it so it'd be like it would be like first two hours of steppenwolf to the second two yeah. hours would be dark side right well that's another thing it's like it goes back to what i said like okay i'm sorry but is there really some footage out there in a vault that makes Steppenwolf like a character. 
Uh, no, there's not going to be. Apparently, he's like. I mean, did you? It's one of the most forgettable you? villains, like in in all of comic book movies. He, he yeah. was a nothing character. There's no. I will never be convinced that they're that they shot footage where it actually like develops a villain for a Steppenwolf. It's, just, it's but he's just not, not there. Supposed to be. He's supposed I mean, to I be know. like. I don't know. I I I agree. I I think he was a terrible villain, but I think it's a like big CGI character that does nothing. Again, it could be said to almost every single DC movie. Ever. Doomsday brought more of an emotional resonance in BVS. For what reason? I seeing Superman jam that spear into his shoulder was pretty damn cool and epic. Oh, that's another thing, by the way. Part of what makes that scene great is the Hans Zimmer score. Here's, I'll say this. I don't think it would ever happen. Now, if you're telling me, now, if you can somehow convince Hans Zimmer to score this Snyder Cut, now my ears are written. Now I mean, you they gave him forty million dollars. I mean, I'm sure they could. Uh, I'm sure they can get him out of retirement. Because also, you guys know I love Man of Steel. A you big do. part of what I think makes Man of Steel great is that score. Like, legitimately, should have been nominated for an Oscar. I'm. I'm. I say that with a straight face. That score. score is like honestly one of the 15 greatest scores I've ever heard. Go and just listen to the Man of Steel score. So if you're telling me that Hans Zimmer can come back and score this, I actually think that's like a big big win don't think it will happen but that that would raise my eyebrows significantly who did the justice league i think it was Sweden. danny elfman and it was that, yeah. yes that makes sense and but i like danny elfman i mean wasn't iconic it someone Batman. else and they kicked him off wasn't it like junkie xl or something uh that, that, that it could be because i know that for bvs it was both Hans zimmer and junkie xl so, so okay so i would think that, that junkie xl would be the one that comes in and does the snyder cut which would be good but i mean yeah. On Zimmer, that's a big, that's a big get. But seeing the seeing the trailer that we saw, four hours makes sense. And you have to almost say that the Snyder Cut isn't a movie, but it is a a, a weird amalgam of a director's cut and a limited series, right? So it's like it's it, there, there is a version of this kind of on Netflix for uh, the Hateful Eight, where they broke it up into. Uh, um, three parts because it's like a play and it's like a three act structure and you can I actually, actually like watch the hateful eight a lot. <laughs> you like no no I'm not saying anything bad about it. I, I I enjoyed it the first time but I've never watched it since. It's one of those movies that I don't think I need to rewatch. Like I've seen it, I'm good. Like the the surprises won't hit me again, right? But they made a Netflix – like uh, Tarantino made a Netflix-specific version of The Hateful Eight, which is broken up into parts. So if you think of the Snyder Cut in that way, then you're like, oh, cool. But again, you've never seen the full version of the Snyder Cut, this four-hour or whatever. His, his version of Justice League would not have been four hours, right? Like what is the theatrical version of his two-part movie turned into one? It was always going to be a shit show. So now we're getting his – two-part Justice League film into four parts um, in these four, like, episodic things. So we're going to see, like, the team coming together. Steppenwolf uh, is... Uh, Steppenwolf's arrival. They fight Steppenwolf. Oh, every... You know, we thought it was all good. Nope. We have Doomsday to fight. And then we have two, you know, episodes of Doomsday. It was dark. And side. you know, if it's Snyder, it's going to set up whatever the next version of this would have been, which probably won't happen. Just, uh, you know what I mean? Hold on. Hold the phone. That's an interesting question because I want to say, like, let's say that this thing comes out and it's extremely successful. It does well. People like it. 
is there a potential for sort of like this Snyder DCEU universe to actually continue? I think, I think there, I think it is. I think that totally it's a really unique situation because you're talking about like, like justice league. When the movie came out, like it was a joke. People, I remember going to see it in the theater and, um, I, I went to the theater where like someone would come out and kind of like introduce the film and say like, Hey, you guys are here to see justice league. And like people on opening night, we're like laughing at it, like it, the thing, like I, I, just I because, just because you know it's also being compared to the Marvel films, which were just monsters, and at that time, like you know, the MCU it was just doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like it to me, it's it's amazing that let's say this thing, let's say it's good, and let's say it does well. Um, I think it'll definitely like do this, well, this even a, if it's not. This good. was a series that was like it was like a universe that was on life support. And now you're talking about like Zack Snyder, like he could be back in a big way making maybe he does make more movies with Ben Affleck's Batman at the same time that Pattinson's um, Batman is going on. I think it's a look like I said, I get it's weird, but hey, if you deliver me good movies, I don't care. Have nine Batmans like whatever. As long as they're all good, then let's do it. I'm I'm look again. Expect- I'll, I'll just leave it like this. For me, expectations, moderate. I think we're going to get a moderately better version. I'll be like, oh, that was interesting, and I'll move on with my life. We'll see. But, you know, if it hits well, like, I, I, it could change the game. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Here, here's what we get out of this. And this is just, you know, uh, this is just my brief potential outcome. It does moderately well um, critically. In the sense that people want more Snyders for some reason, even though we already have too much. I think it's going to, you know, people are going to flock to HBO Max to watch this. It's going to do well numbers-wise. Will it do well critically? That's up in the air. If it does, Patty Jenkins has Wonder Woman. James Wan has Aquaman. Um, uh, the the director of It, I can't pronounce his name, has The Flash. Flash. He's in a Flash movie. Which is going to be Flashpoint, which is also going to uh, feature probably a whole nother conversation. I know, and probably the last Ben Affleck Batman that we will see and cinematically. Keaton. I believe so. And Keaton, um, and which then, I don't think will be the last time we see Keaton as Batman cinematically. And, and then there was rumors that this also might still happen in the Justice League that the Justice League Snyder version was going to introduce the Green Lantern Corps in some capacity. That's already being taken care of on HBO Max. Then you have Cyborg, which is also, again, also on HBO Max. He is in uh, Doom Patrol. Yep. Right? And he's actually pretty great on Doom Patrol, and Doom Patrol's a great show, um, surprisingly. Is again, it Ray Fisher? Coming from DC. It's not Ray Fisher, but it's, it's just... But he's mentioned the Justice League, and he's mentioned Batman and Superman, and, like, it's all within the universe, kind of. What I'm saying is, what does, what does Snyder do? Now, does he make another coming together? Man Justice of Steel League? two. I think he makes. I think he makes Man no. of Steel two. You don't. You uh, personally, if I was DC, I would never let him touch Superman again. I I, I, I don't. I don't want to divert, but I conversation for another day. But I, I man, you guys know I love Man of Steel. Oh no I no really no! Love what Man he of Steel. Man of Steel is good. I like Man of Steel. Don't let him touch Superman again. Disagree. I'm, All right. Okay. I, but I, I disagree. This is me personally. This is me personally because I think because Henry Cavill is going to return in some way, he give will. another director a chance, Get put him in another track. direction, actually use him because he's great. He's so good. 
get the charisma that you got out of like Man from Uncle, like that uh, Henry Cavill, or even The Witcher, like get or Mission Impossible, charisma. or fucking Mission Impossible where he's amazing. Give it to another director. Let's get their take on it because I've already seen Snyder's three times. Like I don't need to see it again. What I'm saying is like, what is the what is the next Snyder DC property? Because we listen. He loves comic books. He he loves doing these adaptations. Zack Snyder with- should kind of be the uh, in that Kevin. Uh, no, fire. he absolutely should fucking not. No, well, God he kind, damn. Well, he, well, he kind of was. Yeah, until it all, all fell apart. Like exactly. now, I like BVS, but for everyone else, they didn't like it. So he was—he pretty much was in that creative seat. Uh, didn't God he pick James Wan for uh, for Aquaman? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. He no, is a director. He's a Gal director. So he's, I mean, he has made some damn good decisions. Yes, yeah. but he's a, he's a director first and a creative first. We need a, produ- we need a producer like a Feige. Fair point. I, I always thought the, the, the DC version of that would have been Jeff Johns. I have been sorely mistaken so far, and damn. there has been so many shifts around in terms of, uh, of like the higher-ups at DC now. And, D- and, and they basically told – Yeah, exactly. And they, they've made Jeff Johns like – you know, he was a, a – chief uh, creative officer right he is now like gonna just go focus on the thing that he's good at is like making stories and like hey we'll go give you we'll give you green lantern like get get out of here because you're not doing you're not feige right so that aside what does snyder do if he is successful does he stay and do something else dc do they give him another team up thing do they say like Go pick some something obscure and come back to us. Like I want to know what the future of Snyder is post Snyder cut. If it's successful, I think he does another Man of Steel movie, or I think what he would probably I think he does a cyborg movie. And I here's why I say that is because I think he seems to have a real passion for that character, and we saw that in the panel. You know what? Can I just say this? Like people people want to crap on DC, whatever. Okay, in the within the next couple years, you could really see them have three strong different comic book universes yeah. going on. This Snyder thing could continue if this Justice League thing does well. They have the Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Batman stuff. Let us not forget, they also have this sort of like dark universe movies with Joker, with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, which pretty damn successful, like $60 million budget or whatever it was. I don't know. what yeah. it, was a, it was a low production budget, made a, a gazillion dollars, won and was nominated for a ton of awards. Like they're kind of, you know, they could really see themselves in a very successful position. Aquaman made well over a billion dollars. Like, you know, things could really, really be looking up for them within the next couple of years. Green Lantern's going to be a big hurdle. Uh, Green Lantern, Flash, those would be big movies for them if they can get them done. Because we've heard about them forever. So those are the big hurdles for them. Like if they can, you know, because we keep recycling Batman. Like there's a new Batman. And they seem to but do, always do well. Flash but will bring people in because of because of Keaton and and uh, Affleck. Apparently I think now I think if you have a good, I mean, I think there's also the morbid curiosity factor of like this movie has passed how many directors? You know, it's, here's the thing: they're they're basically saying, all right, we need we need someone to make a really good Flash movie. But wait, we also want to do all of these things, and that's a big issue. Is like. You're trying to get a new director to come in to do basically a superhero team-up movie when you also want to just tell a great Flash story, right? So Flashpoint, they the reason that they're you know bringing in Keaton and bringing in 
uh, Ben Affleck is they're not only going to, you know, tell a crazy multiverse kind of story, but they're also going to hit the reset button on a lot of things. And I don't see why that they don't sunset Affleck and bring in Pattinson within the Flashpoint movie to to course correct, right? And that's what they've been trying to do post-Justice League is, all right, listen, we suck at team-up movies. Let's make a really strong Wonder Woman movie. Let's make a really strong Aquaman and a Shazam movie and a Black Adam movie. Like, let's just do these solo things, and then maybe we can revisit the team-up. We could do a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie one day, probably. Like, you know that's going to happen eventually down the line. So... I think that it's uh, the flashpoint's all about course correction, and I can't see why a director would want to do that. Their first go about with a character who has already been introduced in a very bad movie. I just want to say one thing about Michael Keaton coming back, and then we should move on to the Batman. Correct. Is that don't worry, um, I was going to move the conversation. I I, I just want to say I'm all I have. I really, really enjoy Tim Burton and Michael Keaton's Batman movies, like, a lot. And I, honestly, I think both those movies have aged phenomenally well. Yes. And I, the only thing I'll say about Michael Keaton returning is this. If you're going to do it, then really do it. Like, don't do this thing where he's in, like, two scenes or something. Like, it should really be a big part of the movie. Like, don't don't half-ass it. Like, you're talking, like, take bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman, that is a significant deal. Like, don't don't treat that lightly. So I don't want to if it's like if I go into the theater and it's just like one little quick scene where he's like, hi, everyone. Remember me? I was Batman. No, no, no. He should play a significant role in the actual film. So if you're going to do it, go all the way. That's all I have to say about that. And here's how I would do it. I would make him the old Bruce Wayne and uh, go into the future and also introduce Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. That's how I would do it. Yeah, because we've because, been wanting that for fucking ever. Yeah, because you could you could do forever. something great with that. You could yeah. propel that to more films. Yes, exactly. And and, bring and, Jeff, and, and Jeff this, D. in as Thomas Wayne. Yes, and you know Warner and DC have done a great thing where you have the CW, you have all that they've done TV great. You don't have HBO Max where you basically have your own Netflix where you can make your own shows. So why not do it? You could have a sh- you could have a series on HBO Max of everything you just described out with Michael right. Keaton as the older Batman, and then you have uh, the Terry McGinnis McGinnis, who's also a wrestler, which is weird. Terry McGinnis. Um, you could have a whole show on HBO Max about that, a whole big budget show, and people would tune in like that. Why? Why can't bring back Michelle Pfeiffer or Selena Kyle? There, I mean, I'm telling you, you right now. I bet that's, you could do t- it. You could do it. I bet that's probably going to happen anyway. I'm sure they're I, having discussions. And it, you know what? If they did it, and you put that on Max, your the subs are just going to keep going up because people are going to want to yeah. see it. Well, there is no reason that HBO Max can't be Disney Plus in the sense of absolutely. We're going to make we're going to make we're going to make um, original content that's within quote-unquote continuity that is can't-miss television or can't-miss straight-to-HBO Max movies because that's just more people who are going to want to come to your platform and tune in every As long month. as it's good content, I don't want an oversaturation of bad content. If you make right. hey, Listen, Mandal- so Mandalorian was the reason for huge sign-ups in the beginning because not yeah. all of the people who signed up for Disney Plus were dads and moms. 
There was a lot mm-hmm. of people who needed to see The Mandalorian, and that was a huge success. And yeah. so by doing it on HBO Max, to develop your own Mandalorian within an established property that you own is a very smart idea. And Doom Patrol is cool. Don't get me wrong. But that started on DC Plus, a universe which was, you know, not overly successful. And you have Titans, but Keaton and Pfeiffer, a reunion on Max, that's the way to go. Yeah, uh, but enough about the Snyder Cut. Enough about the, the Too future. Too much about the, the Snyder DC. Cut. Enough about the uh, uh, theoretical future of the Let's DCU. Let's get to the main event. Let's talk about the actual future of the DCU, something that uh, we've known about for a long time. Uh, you know, a new Batman movie was inevitable. A, a, a post-Ben Affleck Batman movie was inevitable. And uh, the casting for it was uh, surprising, to say the least, uh, for a lot of people. For, for some people, it's just like, no, that's a fucking great idea. Uh, Robert Pattinson and uh, is going to be Batman, Bruce Wayne, in a somewhat rebooted Batman um, uh, now we know a little bit uh, about it. It's year two of Batman, not Batman year two, the storyline from the comic books, but it is Batman in his second year of being Batman with probably one of the best casts of all time. Embarrassment of riches. It's, it's arguably it's absurd. 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 It's, it's disgusting, the quality of uh, cast that we got here. And um, we also have one of the best uh, and most uh, probably one of the more underrated directors currently out there, Matt Reeves, who uh, if you've never seen any of the uh, Planet of the Apes films, specifically the ones that he directed, which was uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. No, he, he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and he did Dawn War of the Planet of the, the Apes. And then yeah, Dan reviewed both of them for the site. Yes. Sorry. So Rise is the first one with Franco directed by someone else. Correct. Rupert Wyatt, I want to say, was Rupert his Wyatt. name. Correct. I think. Yeah. Dawn, but more specifically War. War of the Planet of the Apes is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Holy well, shit. Dawn is way better. That You're no, wrong with that. War, War for the Planet of the Apes is kind of a mess. No, War is fucking I, awesome. I don't want to divert the conversation too much, but no. Dawn is way By the way, better. we interviewed Andy Serkis about War, so I'll go with yeah. War. War is good. Dawn's so good. Dawn's very, very good. I really, I, I really enjoy War, though. But anyway, I digress. Let's let's um, like Al. I know Bat- you have to take care of something right now. The so, Batman. So let me let talk me about this cast this. real quick. Yes. Let's talk about Go this cast. The- We're Robert Pattinson, Batman. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Paul Dano as the Riddler. I love that casting. Can, can I? Can, uh, let can me I, just finish it off. Oh, Colin okay, Farrell okay. as the Penguin. Jeffrey yes. Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Yep. Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, and Peter Sarsgaard is District Attorney Gil Coulson. Jesus jumping Christ, what a it's a, cast. Golden, it's the Golden State Warriors. It's the Golden State Warriors. It, it really is the Golden State Warriors of cast, man. It's just absolutely bonkers the Bobcat, going back to an old school Disney afternoon show. I am stunned at how great the casting was here. Um... Dan, what do you think? Uh, just before we even get to the trailer, because Al's disposed, um, what do you think of this cast? Which... I, I I've gotta I've gotta start by I have to start by talking about the Riddler. The Riddler oh. the the Riddler is my second favorite Batman villain. Well, besides, and, besides Joker, and obviously. I 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, you know, so when Batman Forever came out, you know, I was a kid and I, I appreciate say. Batman Forever for what it is. It's, you know, it's it's a perfectly entertaining movie. It's a passable Batman film. It's fine. I And with, like, Jim Carrey, I appreciated Jim Carrey's performance in the sense that he brought a ton of energy to the role. Um, and he was very fun to watch mm-hmm. as a Riddler. Totally respected him as a Riddler. Great. But Robin Williams for a long time rumored to be the Riddler. Oh yeah, he was supposed to be in sort of he was supposed to be in Tim Burton's third Batman movie, but then it got changed. I really um, I think I really would have loved that. If there's I gotta if there's like one movie I could will into existence, it was always Star Wars Episode Seven. We got that movie. Um the other movie was I really I would have loved to have seen now, especially what Tim Burton's Batman three would have been, but discussion for another day. The Riddler though, I've waited, I've waited for years, for years to get a modern take on the Riddler in a live action movie. And Bill, you know how much I love the Nolan trilogy. The one love it more than life itself. The one regret I always had about the Nolan trilogy was we never saw a Christopher Nolan version of the Riddler. And but at the same yeah. time though, I would never I would never want to say like he shouldn't force any character that he didn't want to use into the movie. So look, he went with Bane in the third one and it was great. Um but it always I it, it I was always kicking myself like oh man I would have loved to have seen the Riddler in Nolan's verse. Of um the and for years I would I would wrap my brain around what actor do I want to who did I want it to be the Riddler? And the guy I always kept coming back to was Edward Norton. He was always my pick for a long time for the Riddler. Sure. Um, when they announced Paul Dano, I honestly like I I threw my arms up in the air and I was like, I'm an idiot. Perfect. Like he was sitting there all along. This is you cannot get more perfect casting than Paul Dano. I am I, I cannot wait to see this version of the Riddler. The guy and he's basically the villain who's driving the movie, it sounds like. The guy I'm most excited for myself to see. I mean, I'm always interested to see what Jeffrey Wright's going to do, a big Jeffrey Wright fan. I am super intrigued about Colin Farrell as Penguin, who, yep. if, yeah, we, if we're correct on the screenshot, looks like a cross between Powers Booth and uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, I, so, I wish we could have seen the monocle, but it's all right. Hey, I, I, love I think you, you can't do that in the first, you know, that's a little <laughs> I, too on the nose, how, I guess. How dare you, Bill, not mit- not mention Richard Kind in that? Yeah, it's true. But if, to me, because I, I said it to Cole, and he was just like, oh, my God, I can never unsee that again. So I had to make that reference. But, I mean, that's the character I'm really intrigued by. Because when you think of, like, when you, when you say, like, Paul Dano is the Riddler, you're like, oh, obviously. Oh, why didn't I think of that? When you say Colin Farrell as the Penguin, you're like, yeah, not what I was thinking. But Colin crazy, Farrell, crazy prosthetics, like yeah, insane. But Colin Farrell has like we sometimes default to old Colin Farrell when we think about him, but he's done a lot of really good stuff that I'm really intrigued by what he's going to bring to this character. That's the one. The lobster. Go see the lobster. The lobster uh, was he was in Killing of the Sacred Deer, right? And uh, in Bruges, great, loved it. Um, oh, seven Psychopaths, so another Mark, Martin McDonough. I love film. Bruges. Oh, and God. Seven Psychopaths, I love both, both. fantastic. Uh, the one, one of the last film screenings I ever went to um, was that one. And yeah, man, I'm super psyched. And of course, Zoe Kravitz, seeing her in a a major role as Catwoman. Woof, man, that's gonna that's gonna be real good. 
She that's was like be... a very intense Catwoman from the trailer. I yeah. 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 I think. Be... I mean, I like Dan Hathaway as Catwoman, but I think uh, Zoe yep. Kravitz is. I think she's going to rival Michelle Pfeiffer. Might not get to that rarefied air, but she's going to get close. Uh, the only thing that bothered me from the trailer was the lack of like a quote unquote costume, like or like like it was so. I get that. It was so bare bones that like. I don't know. It just kind of it rubbed me the wrong way that you saw full in costume Batman in year two of him being Batman. So the Batman in this lore is famous within Gotham City at this point in some capacity where he's working with the GCPD. He's he's fighting criminal criminals are are kind of aware of him, except for that one guy who gets a shit kicked out of him, which was amazing. Yeah. it's just a little weird that like if, if uh, you know, Catwoman, you know, and other people, other villains or whatever are inspired by this guy who is in a crazy, amazing costume that she's wearing, like, like just like a mask that I can find in like Walmart. I don't know. I don't know. It's a little but, weird. But I mean, it's like, remember, like one of the things they mentioned was like, this is based on the footage they have so far. So, like, maybe they haven't got that They're far even, yet. She's not even calling herself, or she's not even known as Catwoman at this point. So I think she's yeah. she's very new on the scene, whereas Batman has been yeah. doing it for a year. One of the things I loved about what Matt Reeves said in the panel is that, look, this is like our, whatever, fourth or fifth Batman. Like, can't even keep track anymore. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to keep the character fresh. And what one of the things, what I loved what Matt Reeves said was that he's been he's been Batman for about a year and people don't really know what to make of him. And in fact, they're they're afraid of him. That's one of the things that I kind of highlighted in the panel of what he said. And what what I like about that is it separates it from what Nolan did in Batman Begins, whereas pretty much when Batman came onto the scene in Batman Begins, he pretty much immediately became a symbol for Gotham. And people were right on his right on board with Batman from the get-go. Um, whereas people are unsure about this Batman and what I also what I loved is that he said like this is a flawed Batman like he hasn't figured it out yet he's not perfect like Mm -hmm. this is a Batman who's figuring it out um and we haven't seen too much of that like you know Ben Affleck's Batman was already very seasoned um he's been doing it for like you know a decade you know probably more um you know we got a very different vibe on Michael Keaton's Batman you know uh you know years ago uh who's also but he was like a very you could already see that he kind of knew what he was doing. Like he, mm-hmm. he had full range of his gadgets, but this is a Batman who I think is untested and he's not sure what's going on. And I love all the stuff that they talked about. Like he's exploring all this unknown corruption and Matt Reeves even kind of hinted at like, you know, what were his parents really like in terms of their involvement with Gotham city. And there's mm-hmm. like, it's just, there's this aura of mystery that Batman has to unravel and unlock. And I love the stuff that he was talking about. Um, I, I, I got a couple of things to say on Robert Pattinson. I'm going to say that yeah. in a second. Cause yeah, cause I that was my big question. I was, I was going to ask that question. I was, actually, I was just about to go in it actually. Go in, dude. Pattinson. Go, go in it. I'm going, I'm going in. Go in, so, in. go in. The dude. thing that struck me as a, a longtime bat fan was the and again it's a it's a glorified teaser trailer because the the movie isn't even finished yet in terms of filming i just want to know you know we're getting this very emo very 
what a bat what Batman probably should be. I want to know his version of what Bruce Wayne is, right? Because we saw yes. him. Yes, we I saw agree. him in. Uh, it looked like it was he was in the GCPD when the the the, the car goes through, and we see another uh, I guess another Riddler like you know right. a guy stri- guy strapped with a bomb with a riddle on him, whatever. He doesn't look like Bruce Wayne. He looks he looks super super young, right? Like, and. One thing I really loved about Bale's version, and specifically Batman Begins, which is, again, one of my favorite movies, uh, one of my favorite comic book movies for sure, was, you know, uh, there was a scene between uh, between uh, Batman and Alfred where Batman's got all the bruises and, and the scars and everything, like, from... Uh, from like his first night as Batman, and he yep. basically says like, "What? What are you like? What are you doing?" Because you know people are going to start asking questions why you're not doing anything as Bruce Wayne. You you have all these bruises and stuff. Like you need to start making up some right. excuses and have an alter ego. Otherwise, people are going to be like, "Oh no, that's probably Bruce Wayne flying around." I want to know, like, how is Pattinson going to like? What is that version? What is the Reeves version? Of Bruce Wayne, the the thing is, is that I actually I agree with you that we're, I didn't really get any sense of what his Bruce Wayne was yet. I think that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. I'll say this though, and I was I was on board with this guy's casting from day one. I I, I I really yeah. liked the choice. Right. Um, so you're right, which Bruce is crazy because you think about it like five years ago, even longer ago, we've been like, why God, why? But now we've seen like this guy reinvented himself from going exactly. From, what was a very brief cultural touchstone in in Twilight, right? And he just reinvented himself over the last five to ten years. Yeah. The, the The Lighthouse is not a movie I love, but he's very good in it. Um, I want to talk about his performance as Batman though in this trailer because you know I always you know it's always exciting whenever you get that first teaser trailer of a new Batman. Um, you know, this is the first time we're going to see a new Batman actor. And this, I can honestly say that more than anyone else, I really could feel that he truly instills fear and terror into people. He is so intimidating in this teaser trailer. And, uh, you know, the, the I am vengeance line, here's the thing about that, is that's a line that could easily be screwed up and look kind of funny, mm-hmm. but not from him. He sold it, and in that moment, you're totally sold on his Batman. Mm-hmm. This is a Batman that, from the first teaser trailer, more than any other Batman teaser trailer I've seen, this is a truly terrifying force in Gotham City. Um, I think he's going to be a phenomenal Batman. As is Bruce yeah. Wayne, though, we'll see. We'll see. I will nitpick real quick that the um, the lack of voice change in any way. Like, one thing I did like about the... Uh, People are always up in arms well, about Batman's yeah. voice. And well, here's why. Here's, it does, it does, it's incredible. Here, I, I got you. here um, is why. Because the the Bale Batman, they literally, he changed his voice, which yeah. was really weird and off-putting and dumb. That That's why people were kind of against that, right? The Ben Affleck Batman, the reason I kind of like that was he had, like, the voice... Like, he's smart. He's got technology. He could just modulate his voice, right? It's They fucking did it in Smallville with, with uh, Green Arrow. Like, it, it, it was just, like, it's right there, guys. Like, you can make your voice sound like however you want. And I kind of like that aspect about the, uh, the, the Ben Affleck version. We're going back to, like, 
his voice isn't really doesn't change. He's just kind of just putting on a persona. He's not like changing his voice like Bale did. So it's a little weird. Like, are you, are you Bruce Wayne? Like it kind of sounds like I feel like he had he's got to be pretty famous. He's a Wayne. He's he is Gotham. I don't know. It's just a little strange to me. Again, can I can, can I drop a hot take? Ooh, Bill. That's that's all this podcast is. It's hot takes, bangers and bobs. Bangers and bobs, brother. I'm gonna probably piss both of you off when I say this. Oh, oh no. be careful! Don't do Come it. on, don't don't do it. Don't I, hurt my feelings. I've always bought into Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I, absolutely. I never bought into him as a really good Batman. I would watch that and be like, I don't fucking. It's Ben Affleck. I like. I'm just like, Bale and Keaton they, and Kil, even Kilmer. I'll go that far. Kilmer was a great Batman. I uh, know Kilmer was great Bruce Wayne. But like, I never. I've never fully bought into Ben Affleck's Batman. Pattinson t- in this tr- teaser. Yeah. I bought in immediately. You know Whereas why? Whereas it took. Yeah, go ahead. I know. No, I'm, I'm I don't know. Why. I, I, I don't know. Why. Dan, Please tell I don't me. Think, I don't know if Dan's going to agree with me or not. But the reason that you were able to buy into all of those Batman, Batman, plural, yes. is because they were Batman's. all playing. They were all playing a somewhat new version of him in the sense that, like, they were either becoming Batman or had or had only been Batman for a little bit. Ben Affleck was trying to portray him as a seasoned veteran, almost Dark Knight Returns-esque Batman. A mm. seasoned, like, hardened, like, I've been Batman for a long fucking time. Yes, I get I, that. I, think it was I understand to, the point. It's, you know and what I mean? Like, I don't so think he was the... He was, okay, I get that point. And I, I think you just see him more as Bruce Wayne in that Batman yeah, versus it, Superman movie. I think that's what true. you really don't. If you really go yeah. back and watch it, you don't see him in costume a ton. So for me, it's and, like until I, the end, and he's pretty much just fighting at that point. Yeah, know? and it's like you never like I, I just like I like I get what you're saying, Al. I totally agree with you. Again, mm-hmm. but I just don't buy him immediately. It, it's a lot. He has to do a lot more work to get me to buy him as Batman. And even to this day, I don't a hundred percent buy him as Batman. But Pattinson, yeah. something about this, the voice, totally agree. But something about him, like the rage, the I am yeah. vengeance, just like there's something just like unhinged about this Batman. Yes, and it's just like I buy that so much because it reminds me of sometimes in the animated series when he would go off and he would lose oh it, and like yeah. that's what I'm buying here more yeah. than I have with uh, than I ever did with Affleck. I'm not saying Affleck did a bad job. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I buy it more with Pattinson. I right totally, now. totally. But I think unhinged is a good word because good I think that what is a big part of what's going to make this movie really complex and great is that it's what Reeves was talking about is that this is a Batman who hasn't figured it out yet. And so the fact that he's the fact that that he doesn't really know what he's doing yet kind of makes him more dangerous. And I'm really interested to see how he, how he plays that. And that's why I do think that he probably is unhinged is because he doesn't have it figured out yet. Whereas I think in Batman begins, we uh, we were talking about this earlier. I think it's a, I think it's a Batman who actually figures this out pretty quickly. So this is a different kind of iteration that I think we haven't seen yet. Can I Um, talk about a low key, like a low key character character we're not talking about, but with great casting is John Turturro as Carmine Falco. Yeah. I think it's going to be yeah, just, no brainer. Yeah, no brainer. And, and, and I think, again, again him 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 and Pattinson um pitted against each other. 
is going to be a make or break for Pattinson, especially if he's, especially if he's Bruce Wayne, because like it's just like we saw Bale and Tom Wilkinson together, but like that's going to be a big make or break for Pattinson as Again, the Bruce Wayne. Again, we don't know. We don't know. I'm just saying. Don't know in theory. In we haven't even seen Alfred on screen yet. Oh, and it's going to be so like, good. One voice oh, damn. So did you ever so... – sidetrack. Did you ever get a chance to watch the Epics series Pennyworth? No, I didn't. Oh, my God, dude. It. I watched one episode of it. I kicked myself for not watching the rest of the series. It is such a good series about Alfred post-World War II and almost like this kind of James Bondian type British 60s drama. It's so good, dude. And you can stream it on Epics for free, I think. These these filmmakers always have to make a very unique decision with the character of Alfred in that you can you can make him where he's 100% on board with what Bruce Wayne is doing and he supports him and in a way enables him. But then there's also the Michael Caine way of he supports him at first, but then when you get to Dark Knight Rises, he's like, I'm not doing this. Like, you're not doing this anymore or I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, so oh. it's always – I'm always interested to see how they play with Alfred. It will be interesting to see. My, if I had a guess, I think that Andy Serkis is sort of going to be an amalgamation of what Jeremy Irons' Alfred was, which was this kind of like war veteran with him. But also, he's a little uneasy, like the Michael Caine Alfred, about what he's doing. I think you're probably going to see a bit of both. Did you guys hear that about the next, because they were talking about Pennyworth, they are talking about the next Batman character they're going to adapt a series for? And it's going to be Lucius Fox. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, or, what, are you, what are your okay. thoughts on that? Is that like, are we grasping at straws there, or is like, can we get something really interesting out of that character? Again, because um, like the well, Alfred backstory was pretty cool. I thought. Well, well, here's the thing. So, um, uh, Luke Fox, Lucius Fox's son, I believe, becomes Batman at one point, and there was a big rumor. For a long time, that we were going to get a black, uh, you know, a an African American actor playing Batman in some capacity, in some form. So, if there is like a series where Batman is missing out of commission, and Lucius Fox becomes the Alfred to a Luke Fox Batman in some sort of like Batman Beyond esque kind of series, I'd be all about that. That like sounds great, but like be- just to get to get a Lucius Fox series of like. The story of the guy who makes his shit. Like, I, I we're also going to get a Jeffrey Wright series too. I mean, they're really going. Yeah, we're going to. We're oh, getting that's a right. Gotham we did talk Central. about that a few months ago. We're going to. We're going to get, a, get a, basically a Gotham Central show. Um, yeah, Jeffrey they, Wright. How, so how good is he going to be as Gordon? Like, it's that's not also even, one. Of, that's that's also one of the things in the trailer that really struck yeah. me. Is no, you're, you're you could potentially get an, an Oscar Emmy worthy performance oh. with with a Jeffrey Wright. Gordon, because there's so much meat there, and he's not commissioner in this, just like in Batman Begins, where he's not commissioner. Uh, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't that think, probably seems you, about right. If you look on IMDb, he's just it says James Gordon, and then there's someone who is play, the guy that is. Uh, there was like a press conference image. Yeah, they, people thought it was uh, Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard, it's not. No, it's some other actor, and he's the commissioner, just like kind of like Batman Year One, the the comic book series, which what uh, Batman Begins is like kind of loosely based off of, is he is not the commissioner yet. He's just a. He wasn't in Dark Knight Rises either. He becomes Gordon becomes becomes commissioner commissioner in the Dark Knight. In, no, he becomes oh, in, Gordon, Dark Knight, yes. in the he, middle of the Dark Knight. The oh, famous, that's the in Dark Knight. Joker I'm, clap. 
Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. They killed Bill Duke. Correct. From Predator. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they poisoned exactly. I forgot. I, I um, switched the movie timelines on that one. Sorry about that. Let's let's before we end end the pod, I want to just again talk about the the genius casting, and the thing that got me more excited for the trailer than anything else is Paul Dano as the Riddler. Well, we did. So, we had a, Dan had a very I, long exposition. I know, that. I know, and I, I just want to give my, my my two cents on it Go is it. we didn't see Paul Dano in this at all, not like even all. not a link. Holy shit, was that amazing! Like. Yeah, I'm more terrified about this villain than I have been for any comic book villain in a long time. Yeah, and we didn't see him. That's that's good filmmaking right there. Uh, I you know, wouldn't be surprised if he was in the shadows for a lot of the movie. My Same. God, I'd be so excited for that. You know why? Because that kind that kind of um, invokes a little bit of one of my favorite Batman stories of all time called The Long Halloween, which isn't a oh. Riddler story. It, There's something it, they were yeah. talking about this in Fandom. They're making the, a two part DC animated movie about it, which is a yeah. great, again, good call. Um, it's a basically uh, focusing on this 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 uh, killer that keeps killing on holidays, and each issue is a different holiday, and you're kind of finding out like the story. And it involves the Falcons. That's why it was a long rumor that this movie was going to follow the storyline of the Long Halloween because it has every DC villain involved. That's why you could have casted, you know, a Penguin and a Riddler right. and. There was Harvey Dent's that, a big part of it, though. Harvey Dent's a big part of it, and there was a big rumor that uh, for some reason Johnny Depp was going to be uh, Pattinson's Joker. That no was thanks. that was a big rumor. God, thank you. No thanks as well. Anyway, I'm so excited about this casting. It's crazy. And Dan, we we briefly talked about Zero Year, which was Snyder and Capullo's New Fifty Two story, uh, which is basically like their year one of Batman. And instead of, um, you know, the Joker or anything else, it gave the, like one of the first, like actual great Riddler stories. Um, and that's what got me first really excited about the character. I saw Jim Carrey's version years ago. The Gotham one was pretty good though. I thought Gotham one was solid. They were limited, but they, but it was solid. If you pre Gotham, and this is Bill and I talked about this earlier. Like I've been waiting for he's my second favorite Batman villain. I've been waiting for years to see a, a live action modern version of him. The best, like honestly, like the best Riddler version that I've probably ever seen is in the animated series. Oh, it's not Frank um, it's, Right, it's not. Well, I appreciate what he did. Of course. Um, it, there's there was really only three episodes with the Riddler back in the old animated series. Um, and his best episode is probably not the one that people think. It's actually Riddler's Reform, which is one of my favorite episodes from the Batman animated series. Um, I really – I don't even want to really talk about it because I don't want to spoil it because people should go watch it. Riddler's <laughs> Reform. Basically, the last two minutes of that episode perfectly sums up who the Riddler is. I 100% um, saw that. It's a great episode. Yeah, it's 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 spectacular. Uh, but yeah, but right there with you, I just I'm salivating for this take on the Riddler. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And I want to see how Reeves balances the different villains at play here, right? Because we've already mentioned that uh, Colin Farrell will be playing Penguin, uh, Oswald Coppopot. How much of the Penguin we will actually see in this movie is completely up in the air. Uh, uh, not selling scars. There's too many scars guards. Uh, what's the which? Uh, 
Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. I was going to say, it's, it's, too not many a, Sarsgaard. it's not Skarsgård. It's not Skarsgård. That's a Scars, yes. and that's the people who've been in like True Sarsgaard, Blood yes, and so. Marvel. So, this is Sarsgaard. So Sarsgaard. Remember? Well, now my head. Remember spinning. they had Sarsgaard's Sarsgaard on SNL. Yes. So <laughs> Sarsgaard. He was also in Garden uh, State. He yes, he was great in Garden State. Um, he is uh, casted as a DA, but not Dent. Harvey Dent. I think that's bullshit, and I think he is going to be Harvey Dent. Could could go either way, but I'm saying that that Reeves is obviously building a universe here, right? He's introducing villains oh, and all that kind he of. He has to be. Has to, right? Of course. But he's being smart in that he's using villains that haven't been seen in a long time that people also have a craving, like. Look, picking the penguin and the Riddler, like that's like we didn't see them in the Nolan verse. So no. the time is right. Let's it's go. Been, right. It's been nearly thirty years for a lot of these guys. Correct. Oh, but yeah. we but we did see Catwoman very recently and we, we, did. Did, we did and we did see Harvey Dent recently. So, you know, he's gonna build this. Um he's gotta build his universe and it's great. He's got the great thing about Batman, he right next to Spider Man have two of the best they're probably the ideal rogues galleries, right? Yes, hundred percent. It's there's Batman no has the best rogues gallery. Not but I mean, if you're t- if you're saying from the two, I would say Spider Man's like number yeah. two. Spider Man has. To be I, number I would. Two. I would even as a DC fan, I would agree with that though. Sure. Okay, so he has a lot to draw on, right? And they're constantly adding new villains and things like that. I'm just excited to see what he does. I want to know how he does it though, because Nolan was all about main villain, side villain, right? And not as like. And not like Snyder did, and nothing to shit on Snyder, but the way that Nolan was able to balance, like, I'm going to give you uh, Ra's al Ghul, but I'm also going to give you Scarecrow, right? And Scarecrow was in every movie, by the way. That's great, and I love that, too. But I was, that, and that was great world building, right? That was like, we're yeah. going to keep, you know, we're going to show you that, you know, these things, they, they still exist. Like, if, if Heath Ledger never died, he would have been in Rises in some capacity, whether it was yeah. a cameo or not. He was sure. going to be, Right. So he was great at that kind of world building, and he was and he was great at balancing having a villain of Scarecrow stature up against the main villain of Ra's al Ghul. Same thing with Joker and uh, Two Face. So, and, well, Scarecrow was a little teaser in the beginning, but again, still good. I want to see how Reeves does it. I want to see yeah, if agree. he can do it differently and a better way, because we've all seen what happens when you have too many villains in a movie. Spider Man. No, we have Spider-Man three. You you have yes. just a mess of a movie, right? So I want I I feel like he's going to make this great crime film, uh, with that's dark and goth and emo, and I'm fucking for it. But give me the Paul Dano and Robert Pattinson like face off that I want to see, and don't get too caught up in like I need to throw every villain and the kitchen sink right. into this movie. He, I mean Listen, he threw out French Clay Connection face. as a comp. I mean he yeah, you're you're getting so you're getting the tone that he wants to oh, get shit. across. He especially French Connection? He, yeah he did. He well, you better panel. get a fucking car chase for the ages in this one. Man, that car awesome. dude. We haven't even talked about goddamn Batmobile yet. Well if you're connected compared to French Connection has one of the best car chases of all time. It's iconic. It's what people is blueprint car chases off of you, you're sure as shit better be uh, putting a good car chase in there. We only got like one good car chase, right, in all of the Nolan films. That's not true. You got two. You got, you got, you two. got the one. In, you what got, am you I got missing? The one, you got the one in the, in the one in Batman Begins was solid. You had the one in the Dark Knight, which is iconic, obviously. Yeah. One, one of the, just brief aside, 
when the bat pod flips on that wall, it's one of the greatest you're right. Movie, the, movie theater experiences. Oh, yeah. I so ever, good. Just, so uh, good. But then also the end of the end of the Dark Knight Rises was a pretty thrilling chase. I guess with the bat pod, with the bat plane though, technically. But you also had Catwoman on the ground in the cycle, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I mean, this new Batmobile looks pretty good. I'm sure we'll get a good car chase. You always, you I, always get a car chase in a bat. Is it movie. is it sad that I actually thought of the Begins one before I thought of the Dark Knight one? Yes. You know why? Because I don't consider well, it a car still... chase because it's two vehicles that we're dealing. We're dealing with the car that uh, we're dealing with the the tumbler, and then the destruction of the tumbler, which was an amazing scene. And then you get the bad pod, and then of course the truck flip. I was thinking of just the tumbler because you get to see it for the first time, just like in all its glory in the beginning. I can't wait to see this like fucking like you know Corvette Camaro. Like what the fuck is this car? I'm so excited to see it. <laughs> It looks Dude, insane. The fa- DC did the job that we've all been hoping it would have done for years. Yeah, with the DCEU with Fandom, one hundred percent. Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring it all together for you guys. Now we've announced this. The next one is going to be on September twelfth, roughly. Is that way too soon for the next edition? And what do you think is a good time frame for how many times a year we should see this? So, Dan, what do you think? Well, when it comes to Batman, Batman is just one of those unique characters. And part of it is because he has such a wide range of great, great rogues. And so I think people would see a Batman movie every year and they would still make a ton of money. Um, I really like just look at like look at the adaptations and the iterations that we've gotten on film with Batman. No, no, no. I'm I not talking. I'm not talking Batman. I'm just talking. Oh, you're talking just fandom in general. Like oh, they've well, announced another that, one for that, September 12th. So you got me. I got Batman on the brain. Hey man, I would say like, I get it. Well, once uh, for for these types of events, one to two times a year. Yeah, um, Al. What do you think? Oh man, um, I know I you can do one every day. Oh, I could, but I think I honestly think September twelfth is way too soon, and I don't understand what they're going to show. Unless the only thing I could think of is they have this whole CW and HBO Max plan that they're going to. That, that makes there. sense. That makes sense because they did. Did they talk anything about any of the CW shows? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, they okay. made a lot of references to them, but it like, does seem pretty soon. Like my guess would be like they they'll probably have something more substantial about Aquaman two would be my guess because people maybe. forget like because Aquaman Aquaman was is technically the most successful just money wise DC film that they've ever done. Yeah. Um, in terms of just the fact that it's made the most money, I think it is Aquaman. So. I, I think for them, they should take um, they should take into consideration um, the other aspects of the convention that maybe they didn't necessarily add to the fandom that they could like the comics. with this next one. Yeah, like the comics and even just like the ability to buy quote unquote exclusives or add some sort of like you know. Artist Alley, it's it's I tough. Think, because I think that's going to be a, down the road. I think they really want to get. Yeah. like I feel like they want to get in good with everyone free for right now. The, yeah. The the issue the issue is if like if they do these fan if they make a big deal about like we got another fandom event coming out and you don't do any movie related things then people are going to be like oh that was it and then they'll get bad press about it. So but they've think... got to like if they they got to be careful about that stuff. Well, what do they do? Hold, do they when you hold these events you've got to be ready to show. Like, I think it's going to be TV then. Bit. 
I think it has to be TV. It has to be. It has to be HBO Max. It has to be. It has to be CW. If I was them, I would. I would maybe even attempt to drop the Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah, it would probably the first teaser. Right. Yeah. So that that could be. Yeah, I mean that would be smart. Um, like, but yeah, I think like you didn't really mention. I mean, any of the CW shows like Flash or like because I could totally see them be like, hey, here's new here's the new trailer for Stargirl and Flash and. And uh, Black Lightning. Those, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, but if they have, because wasn't there also a Superman show going to go to CW? Yeah, the the uh, the uh, Superman and Lois. Yeah, so maybe there's going to be some uh, teasers for that, like you know, kind of teasing for 2021 with TV, and then maybe they take a break for 2020, and then they're like, okay, we'll see you guys in March. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, they have different things, but I think it's I think maybe teasing a lot of their television properties and like and like um, you know Titans. I think they've added some new cast members and new characters, so that could be a yeah. thing. Uh, but that's the thing is like they've already started like we know a lot about the things that they're going to attempt to talk about. Like why wouldn't they have held off on like one of these game announcements until September? Maybe like, they have. I don't understand. Maybe like, there's a Superman I, game. God, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine they finally make a good Superman game. Um, you, you didn't like Superman sixty four? I don't. Th- I think it's. I think it's regarded as bad game. Yeah, it's regarded as one of the worst games of all time. Awful, maybe awful. there's you know new. Who, maybe there's new rides at Great Adventure. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like I think it's. I think it's a little too soon. Unless you know, it's obviously they have. They have it in the can. Like they have it announced that means that they've already started programming it right and that means within a few weeks we're going to start learning the things that they're going to talk about so i mean we are i mean it's it's august 24th when we're recording this podcast yeah this uh fandone ha- happened on the 22nd and 23rd you're looking at no, one full week two one full day. weeks it was one day it was just that saturday yeah i mean you're looking at like 12th was a wednesday so maybe it's the 14th. Maybe I don't know, but if if you're, I mean, I mean, I'll just do some research. Yeah, I, that's a very. I can't imagine there's going to be. Anything yeah. Regardless, I think like I they're think, not going to cobble together another Batman trailer at this point. No, I think it's I September think 12th. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that yeah. is. So I think we get it's a Wednesday. Uh, I get. I think we get just like specifically television news, uh, comic news. And then maybe some big, big movie announcement that hasn't been oh, talked about. So now they're calling it DC Fandom Part 2. So yeah. th- so they're making it a sequel. So this is all the stuff that couldn't make it into Part 1. So I think, yeah, like you were saying, this is definitely something that's in the can. And yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of TV-related stuff. I, I don't see them wasting the opportunity, though. So I think you have to have, you know, one big whether- movie thing. Whether it's I, yeah, Aquaman I, or or um, I think it will be a full, something. I think you're right, Al. I think it will be a full Suicide Squad trailer, or I, I think mean, there's going to be some significant. Or oh, you know, you know what it's going to be? I'll tell you what it's going to be. They're going to have more information about the Flash, and the, like I think they'll bring out like you could see them bring out like literally like Michael Keaton, and I think that's that because be that's because because that's the one big movie that they didn't yeah. really talk about in this kind of part one of the fandom. And and they already just announced that Ben Affleck's going to be in that movie. So that's a – I mean there's a lot to talk about there. Or I feel the, like that's going to be – they're going to talk I, about I that. I think that could definitely happen. Or do you think there could be a Green Lantern 
announcements. That's 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 great because that's that's have been that's been in the works. I think you get. Ryan well, Reynolds gonna, will be there. No, I'm going to co-opt what Dan said and say that not only will we get more information about Flashpoint, but we're going to get a full cast announcement. Then the other big thing would be Jeff Johns's Green Lantern Corp series and then some information about it because we only got like brief little things so is there any other that, dc characters that are trying to uh build any properties around probably no, I, I knew there was like a blue beetle thing booster gold type thing that they were thinking about yeah. but like there's a ton of stuff and they they can definitely start announcing like i said hbo max sky's the limit they have their own streaming platform now they can start doing Birds things price equal did it? No, I mean, I would. I'm, I'm asking. Would, I don't know. No, I know. I'm saying I, I would think they would hold off on that until after Suicide Squad because that would take some of the, uh, you know, some of the fire away from that. Unless they're not going to have Harley Quinn come back, which I, is stupid. Um, no, I think I think what we've said already. I think Bill Green Lantern and yeah, and and Dan um, Flashpoint. and Flashpoint and see I, that and, and TV show stuff. Oh yeah. TV shows, Superman, Lo- uh, Superman and Lois Lane, and all the CW stuff. They just announced. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not DC at all. But I was just gonna say they just announced a live action Powerpuff Girls TV show. Yeah, I saw that with too. Diablo Cody as like a producer. It seems oh. like an interesting take. Actually, it's it about is. like them. You know having, who's like, hung out. Re- you know who's uh, hung out with Diablo Cody many a times at bars in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Kind of a little bit. Former guest Kelly McGovern. I have to talk to her about that. You definitely uh, should. You would um, love it. Uh, let's uh, let's let's take us home now. Um, yeah, we are we are not doing a normal episode. Uh, we are going to we apologize for all the fans of a slice of fried gold, a glimmer of hope, the watch list, and the music at a time of quarantine. But we have done over two hours with Dan about fandom, and this is what we wanted. We wanted to talk yeah. about DC. So, Dan, my friend, where can yes. people find you? Literally anywhere on the internet. Uh, yeah, I, I think the last time I tweeted was when uh, I wrote my 10-year Dark Knight uh, retrospective, Bill. Uh, but sure, if you wanted to find me in all the times that I tweet, it's at D. Cohen Writer. Again, that's at D. Cohen Writer. Uh, I guess I'll probably tweet about this podcast. We'll see. Yay! You should. <laughs> uh, for uh, Do you have any like stuff, people, projects or anything, people, or any that people should be checking out or any any charities or causes you want to promote for people to to, to follow uh, nothing exciting for me at the moment uh but again uh you know <laughs> if i'm tweeting out that stuff at d cohen writer again that's at d cohen writer you're like follow you at new england patriots on twitter uh <laughs> um, i just picked up tv 12 uh for me because well no al you close it you where, where can people find you on the socials Oh, yeah. I am at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I've been uh, very quiet on both of those platforms. Uh, but just because I've been very busy, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of moving. Uh, You'll which be is in the happening. murder basement next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be doing that next week and uh, I'll be kind of uh, the next few months looking for a, a job. Please hire me and a uh, and a house. Please find me a house. I'm too lazy. There's plenty of you know, maybe, maybe for old time's time. sake, I'll. Uh... Maybe for old time's sake, I'll retweet my my old BVS review. Dig that. Yeah. You should. 
You should retweet that podcast where you went out. Pump, and went pump to up war. my ad D again. Yeah, pump up my ad D Cohen writer a little bit. Or you know what, you, Dan, you should revisit yours, but do a, a, a revised ultimate edition BBS review. Oh, there you go. There you go. Just talk about how much better it is. <laughs> Usually is. Your mom's name is Martha too. Uh, see, like great lines of all time. I'm not. I'm not. You know, uh, it's, a tr- it's a trigger. It is. He gets. He gets antsy. Watch his blood pressure. I liked it. I liked it. I uh, thought it was a good device. Yes, you did. Um, for me, uh, let's see what I've co- coming up. Well, I don't know. I have always have stuff coming up. So Matt Bodkin writes on Twitter. Um, I'm in a series to do reviews of weekly of Lovecraft Country. I'm going to have a piece coming out on thepopbreak.com about Hard Knocks at Los Angeles, about the, the Chargers and the Rams. Um, I'm sure I have, oh, I also have reviews of the new documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, and uh, Neil McCoffin, The Fallen Rise of Vampiro. I will have those on the site shortly uh, within the next week or so. Uh, so like I said, at Bodkin writes W-R-I-T-E-S-W-R-I-T-E-S. Yeah, sorry. Stumbled over my own words. But every day, check out thepopbreak.com. We've got great uh, film reviews, uh, a film section that Dan uh, shepherded for many years, now done by Marissa Carpico. Um, please check that out. We still have a lot of stuff coming up. We just posted a new review of Class Action Park, which is going to be brand new HBO Max documentary, which is dropping the day this podcast comes out, which is Friday. Um, obviously, hopefully when you're listening to it. Um, like, But besides film, we have a lot of stuff on television, music, comic books, pro wrestling. Um, this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We are You can find the Socially Distanced Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Also check out Pop Break, TV, Pop Break TV on these same channels where we have a ton of weekly podcasts like Live, Laugh, and Lovey, Goodbye to All That, The Anniversary Brothers. Um, also follow us on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, at the popbreak on Instagram. You can see all the beautiful concert photos we used to take when concerts actually existed. So, even though Al is bored and on his phone right now, for the host of this podcast, Al Manorino, for our very special guest who we took out of the mothballs in retirement, Mr. Dan Cohen, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us for the 23rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast.